0: Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Vole, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And joining me once again are my co-hosts, Senior Editor Jude Seymour, and the Chief Inspector Brendan McElinden. Guys, uh, how's your portfolios holding up today? <laughs> well, Brendan's is doing much better
1: than, than mine. I hopefully. know it. Um, I, I bought my first stock today. First two stocks. I got a free stock from from signing up for Robinhood. I don't know if Robinhood's evil or, or good. I, I, so if you want to hit me with you shouldn't be trading on Robinhood. I, I, that's fine. I, I don't know anything. I'm, I'm an idiot. I, um, I'm pretty
0: sure they uh, sub sponsor a lot of different pod. They're very hip to the podcast game. They sponsor right. a lot of different podcasts. Yeah. Sounds good.
1: Um, so I got uh, I, I own three stocks now. Warp Technologies. They gave me it for free. I don't know what that is. Uh, I bought into AMC two shares at sixteen dollars, and it's now down to what is it down to, Brendan? <laughs> Fourteen something. Yeah. And then I- uh, I've got uh, I've got uh, a millifraction of of a, a GameStop share, uh, like as a zero a, lot, a, a decimal point with a with a couple of zeros. And uh, I bought it at like three twenty seven, and then bought it again at like three thirty six and now it's down to like 266 so i'm doing so if you want stock tips i'm apparently your man
0: but Brendan, i am literally better. signing up for Robinhood right now literally that's we're, as we're recording this the problem you have jude is is you're calling them stocks
2: this isn't the stock market man oh, we're talking about stocks, stocks. <laughs> this, this is, is stocks, stocks my sorry. man all right my bad we have mp yeah. mpc you got to invest in the corn corn cube uh you got to get your stocks in
1: right now my man yeah so I learned all my terms today. I learned uh, diamond hands. I learned yeah. the rock, the rocket emoji. Um, taking this to Mars, apparently, and and I'll see you all there. In my Lambo. Uh, I didn't put it in enough money to see you all there in my Lambo, but um, you, you guys know. have way more productive days than I
0: did. <laughs> <laughs> I I had to go to, I had to go to the grocery store twice because I forgot something. I got to go back to this fucking grocery tomorrow.
1: If you had just invested in GameStop in uh, August of 2019, when, sh- when the share price was, what was it, two bucks or whatever, when uh, Next next Fucking Level got involved, uh, Brandon, do you know where that guy's at right now? He's at 40, $53 million, 40, $44 million or something now? $43 million, oh,
2: right? Yeah, $43 million, yeah. Yeah. That's the way to do it, man. You just have to—you have to—it's just like Bitcoin. You have to predict the future. That's all you have to do. Just like uh, betting on sports games. Uh, You just have to be able to predict the future, and you can win the stonk. I'm as good
1: at this as I am about uh, daily fantasy sports and uh, everything pretty much else uh, that involves predictions. So follow me for all your hottest predictions. Although I didn't do very well in TallySite this year, so— I guess that's something you were
0: you were on fire though for a while. I mean, they, my fucking Twitter account wouldn't shut up because they had had uh, one foot down and you uh, you tagged in for. Uh, I mean, you might have been one of like five people who was who was doing the uh, all of the over unders. So you were like just racking it up.
1: Yeah, I think I finished in the top four amongst college football analysts. Um, I think they gave me like a hundred IQ, which was good. Um, but I, I was just. I was just picking every game, so don't don't be impressed. I I didn't, <laughs> I wasn't really getting good games. Right, I get lucky every once in a while, but I, I picked Liberty a lot. I remember that uh, Liberty tended to, to do well for me, um, but I couldn't pick Brent? I couldn't pick Iowa State to to save my life. So yeah. whatever. You have a real blind
2: spot for Iowa State, though.
0: <laughs> I just I morally I could just never get myself to pick Liberty. Like, I, would, I moral reasons I was picking, uh, that's probably why I'd just tank in the stock market. That's probably why I'd be downloading Robinhood. It's probably not good because as, as, uh, as dumb as it sounds, I, you know, I have a moral nose. I will never fucking pick Liberty to win ever. So, or just stay away from it. You stay away from it. Just stay yeah. away from Liberty. No, your. I mean, know your limits, right?
2: Unlike COVID stay away from Liberty. Right. <laughs> Unlike the pool boy, stay away from yeah. liberty. Unlike deplorable individuals, stay away from liberty. <laughs> Not the students. I don't blame the students,
1: hey, but the athletic department, Brendan. Yeah. Yeah. They're good pe- they're good people on all sides, okay?
0: That's true. Oh my god, we, we gotta move on before I mean already <laughs> before we get ourselves <laughs> into trouble with somebody. So what are we doing tonight? Uh, We're you know what? So I, I I actually sat down and, and and for about a half hour was just trying to trying to come up with like the right theme to like really kick off the uh, the off season for us right like let's get a good fucking theme rolling for a podcast really set this this thing on fire and I really couldn't do it so I thought you know what let's just let's open ourselves up let's do a Q and A let's lay it all out on the table. You know, kind of get up. If anyone's got anything, it was basically, you know, if anyone's got anything else to say, let's let's get it off our chest now. And that way we can kind of move on, Uh, you know, with the podcast. So we're doing a Q&A tonight. How's that sound? Sounds wonderful. I
2: I already knew we were doing a q and I was I was just a bit.
0: It was just a bit. I knew it. I knew it all along. Did you win this one? Excuse too? me. See, did or, or should I say, did you just get yourself a new recliner with that one? Oh, I hope so. I
2: hope so. I looked Park at some log- of these questions, and we got some, we got some home in there, man. There's, a, uh
0: oh yeah, you know what? There, there are some pretty solid ones. Um, <laughs> but we might even have a, a special one from a, from a, from a guy we know. Um, but yeah, so we, we're going to do a Q and A tonight. Uh, we also got to uh, remember we are doing the, the recruiting class uh, look back kind of thing uh, so we're gonna we're gonna do another one of those tonight uh, we're gonna start up a new uh, new feature of the podcast uh, ba- basically uh, rank everything uh, so we're, it's a top five of whatever the hell we decide today I did not know that Brendan was not a Thomas fan uh, which was I gotta tell you Jude. That was kind of sad. Uh, I was I was gearing up for the top five worst Thomas uh, train characters, uh, and <laughs> I mean, obviously Percy is number one on with everybody. a bullet, with a yeah, bullet. With the worst fucking, the He's worst
1: the whiniest whiner. Uh, my kids love Day of the Diesels, and Percy was extra whiny in that one, and it was just like, was just "Oh, extra. Percy, shut the fuck up.
0: Terrible. I, uh, lady is up there too. If you watch the live action film, uh, Thomas uh, and <laughs> the Magic Railway. Although, I don't know, there was a couple of, I don't know, Peter Fonda's character is pretty bad too. Uh, Cause he, he really comes off as a pedophile talking about lady, uh, my lady of the mountain. Uh, <laughs> it's a weird movie. <laughs> a really strange movie. Uh all right. So yeah, so we got some shit lined up for tonight. Um obviously it's uh it's all good, but we're gonna start it off with uh a couple reviews. Reminder get those ratings, get those reviews on over to Apple Podcasts. Brendan, what, what kind of rating are we looking at? What, what are we what are we asking these guys to uh to say about us? We're hoping to get that Julian Love earned five star. Earned. Every single bit of it. Uh, so get over there, leave that star rating, and whatever review you leave over there, we will read on the next OFT podcast. as a promise from us to you uh, to bring you about into this show. So I mean, you're if you have left a review and been read, uh, congratulations, you're you're now archived as a part of the show. So welcome. I mean, I have uh, I have three different emails this week about. I won't say who, uh, you know, either former players uh, and somebody else too. Maybe it was an author, kind of like, "Hey, can we come on your show?" Uh, and I haven't even—I don't even respond back most times. Uh, maybe I'm a terrible site manager. It's just not what I fucking care about. Uh, so, uh, but you, what you think about this show is what I care about, and so we're going to get into that. So, two of them tonight, and they are both those Julian Love earned. Five stars. Uh, this first one here is from CJS. Five star show. I, I probably listen to every ND podcast out there. There is a little something different in every show. With this show, the something different isn't little. It's a beer and chicken wing show. It's a poker night show. Sometimes it's exactly what I need when I want to talk, listen, breathe ND football. It's not pretentious coach speak. It's not overly analytical. It's just great ND talk. Their ND talk is five stars. But their pizza knowledge doesn't even make the two deep. That is <laughs> <laughs> the pizza talk. It's, it's I have a feeling it's only going to escalate tonight. But I have uh, been on the offensive uh, when it comes to uh, uh, Chicago deep dish pizza of this last week, and I have been I kind of been dumping it on the entire city of Chicago, which is wrong because outside of the uh, Chicago steakhouse dinners after games. I mean, Chicago really does have some great fucking restaurants. I mean, there's some really good food to be had in that city. It's just too bad that that shitty fucking bread bowl soup uh, is what they're most well-known for, it seems like, in our circles. Terrible. And they, I mean, and home run in. It's the home of home run in. So, come on. <laughs> uh, uh, which one do they serve at Wrigley? Do they serve oh, old style soup bowls. Uh, they they do serve old style and home run and pizza. Which one? Which is there like it is. it's magic. I I mean I might as well just become a Cubs fan because being a Tigers fan is probably more frustrating.
2: And Cubs have won a series more recently.
0: Yes, they have. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd say that in my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> God Dude, between that uh I mean have you, Brendan have you paid have you paid any attention at all to the Red Wings lately? Uh no no um they are uh congratulations. Yeah congratulations you you've done yourself a favor. It's it's all I mean it's bad. It's it's bad. All right, next one here. Five stars Indinola. Uh, I think the Nola must be a Indy to New Orleans kind of a th- guy here. Mm-hmm. So, is he, did he go from Indy to man? Uh, they got that. Speaking of food, they got that good ass. Maybe he's yeah, got, he, maybe
1: he's asserting our independent uh, status as a as a football powerhouse.
0: Oh, there it is. Independent yeah. in, in, in Northeast in New Orleans. <laughs> Excuse me. You know, I gotta say, you know, t- Texas people talk a lot of shit. Like they really talk like the people from Texas talk a lot of shit about Texas. Uh, that's like their thing, right? Like everything's better. It's, which is just nothing but fucking nonsense. It is not, uh, New Orleans is superior period to everything else that Texas has. I'll just say that. So I, people are trying to get me to come down to, uh, or to so they're trying to sell me on the uh, bouches, the the big gas. Well, we'll probably we're going to get into some gas station talk here in this episode. Uh, but it's like I I, I have no station. I have no desire to go to Texas for anything at all. Oh, Texas like, is amazing.
1: Their food's I just, amazing. I have, yeah, I'm going to disagree with you there. I I've yeah, had Texas really good experience. Vast. I've had really good experiences in Texas, especially oh. in the food area.
0: I have I mean I I could I could drive I could get to Kansas City first and I could just eat there. Uh well that's if you road want roads. your
2: that's what that's if you want your barbecue uh lathered in like saucy ketchup.
0: Uh, that's what that's what <laughs> well, you get I in mean, Kansas City. Wow. Texas well, got that brisket. But, uh the best barbecue resides in Carolina anyway, so you just you're just headed in the wrong direction. Just FYI. All right. So, anyways, get back to the review here. Five stars. Great info. Solid banter. Takes for days. Historical context. Can't ask for much more in an ND based podcast. Plus, you have the opportunity to listen to what can only be described as a heart attack mixed with a lifelong smoker mixed with a bottle of cheap bourbon and Josh's voice. Majestic. Hmm. I've never heard yeah, your, I mean, well, your. voice I mean, your voice sounds about right.
1: Explain that, that, but I think it's pretty correct.
0: That's, I mean, that's it's dead on. I, mean, I I think that's that's pretty close. The heart attack is the mush mouth. Uh, obviously the uh the raspyness from the smoking. I started smoking when I was thirteen. Uh, probably was up to uh I don't know pack a day habit by the time I was a sophomore or junior in high school. Uh, <laughs> so, but I quit when I was thirty. Uh, so, <laughs> and I'm 42 now. So I've had a I've been a I've been separated by a great distance. Uh, all the weed I smoked along the way though. I mean, double that up on a two pack a day habit. Uh, sure. (laughs) It is majestic. Uh, shit. All right. Well, thank you for those reviews. I appreciate them and, uh, keep them coming. Keep them coming. all right. Well, it's time to get into the meat and potatoes. You guys ready to get serious? Yeah, let's do it. I was born ready. Shit. I was hoping you guys were, but okay. All right. So let's get into these reviews here. First one over, uh, a lot of these were posted over uh, on the site. Uh, Remember, if you are listening to the show, please stop by onefootdown.com so SB Nation doesn't fire me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I'll save the depth chart. This is from C Ferris 182. I'll save the depth chart and spring ball stuff for when it gets here. Which Notre Dame season would you like to go back and relive? Mine would be 77. I can remember my grandfather telling me about the great Notre Dame seasons he got to witness when I was a kid. He would always bring up this one because of how crazy the whole season went and because Joe Montana was one of his favorite players. Plus, it had the Green Jersey game against USC. So, Jude, which season would you like to relive? I mean, 77 is a hell of a pick. It was before my time, so I'm
1: not sure I'm allowed to relive a season I never saw in the first place. Relive
0: would imply that you lived it.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I got picked from 79 onwards. And, you know, it's tough because there's some seasons I really like that ended kind of poorly. And and if I said like 2015, people would be like, oh, uh," you know, like, how could you watch that Brian Van Gorder defense? And I mean, it'd be hard to argue, right? So, um, damn, I, I, don't, I look, I think the obvious one is to say something like 1988, um, which is right around the time I started watching Notre Dame football. So it, it would be good to, to watch some of those games again. And I was, it, it's so silly, but I, uh, the rice game from the 88 season finally made it up on YouTube after like I don't know. Four years of searching for it, and it's, blow it's a blowout. It's not. It's not a good game, but it's just like. Right, but it's, it's exciting to like, see that. It's just like, see oh my it. god, here's a game I haven't watched from the '88 season, you know? So, um, sometimes I say like '88 or, uh, you know, '92 had some really good games. '93, uh, obviously. Uh, um, Pick one. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, 98. Cause it was my, uh, it was my freshman year in college and they were undefeated at home. And a lot of those games are still really fun to watch and, and beating Michigan and beating Drew Brees. And with the exception of Jarius running out of the back of the end zone and hurting himself oh. in the LSU game, that game's wild. Um, you got a Baylor and an army game at home. That's, uh, it is what it is, but, um, Road loss to Nick Saban and Michigan State, so that's kind of weird, but um, yeah, I, I'm gonna go 98 just to just to keep away from the obvious of like 88 or
0: 93. Okay, Brennan, what uh, what which year would you like to relive?
2: See, the thing is, is I when I read the question. It says, I can remember my grandfather telling me about the great Notre Dame seasons he got to witness when I was a kid, and he would always bring up this one pertaining to the 77. So I think the question is just any Notre Dame season.
1: Well, it, it suggests that the guy was alive, right? He was a kid, but maybe just too young to understand what was the hell was going on.
2: Um, yeah, perhaps. Well, if I have, I guess, I guess to make it easier, um instead of opening up all of history, uh, if I had to go back and relive a season, um, I guess the most, I have to do 2012, uh, because it was the most magical of seasons for me. I wasn't, I was alive in 88. I guess maybe I could say 88, because I was three years old um, for the 88 season. Um, and then 93, I was also very young. Uh, so kind of my formative years came about with uh, uh, Davy and Willingham. And I, I, I don't really want to relive any of that sadness.
1: <laughs> I mean, 2002 was fun for seven or eight weeks, <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, yeah, and then and then Boston
1: College happened and
2: it was just an absolute gut punch, and then USC, and
1: it that's actually kind of not true um 2002 was one of those one of those like every week you thought wow they found a really interesting way to win this week (laughs) scoring zero offensive touchdowns oh yeah that was
0: that was the one where i i I called that it's purdue like dude if we're gonna i looked at my brother-in-law inside we were inside the stadium against purdue i'm like we're gonna win this. Vontaze Duff's gonna to have to return a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> touchdown, and he did. And it was like five minutes later. Like, hey, there it is. You fucking called that. And the only reason that we, it wasn't like I was like you knew what we were saying. It was literally like the only thing that could happen. <laughs> like they, they were not going to score otherwise. So,
1: <laughs> I mean, that Michigan State <laughs> game was a lot of fun. Florida State game was a lot of fun. Um, but it just it starts it starts getting weird after Boston from Boston college onward, you know, and then you got to watch the stinky ass, uh, Gator bowl game. So Ugh. I would not recommend 2002.
0: So I guess if I, historically I get just for my own personal, uh, self, I guess just history wise, you know, the 47 season, uh, with Frank, uh, just, I don't know. just beat around that atmosphere and just, I mean, that's just something else. I mean, that's, yeah,
1: and that would add 53 to that, too. I mean, we've talked about, I think, 53 on right. the podcast right. before. Oh, yeah. like,
2: oh, yeah. uh, if you're they, in the time machine, been- though, don't you go back to 24.
0: Don't you go back to 24,
2: know. see the four horsemen. You get to go to the sec- the first t- the, first the of Bowl. only two times. See, been to the Rose Bowl. But if
0: I go to 47, actually, if you go to 30, where they win a national championship, you get Newt Rockney. I'm not sure if Frank was was Frank on staff in 30. Cause Moose, Moose Kraus was a freshman in 30. He yeah. didn't, I mean, he didn't play varsity in 30, but he was a freshman in 30, but I mean, I don't know. I guess, I guess 46, 47, 49, one of the, one of Frank's, uh, post, uh, world war two years, uh, it, you know, with Moose Krause uh, there, I, I, I mean, I, I couldn't turn that down. Yeah, I was
2: also 30s, also, uh, Notre Dame stadium too.
0: Yeah. Um, in the opening. yeah, and the dedication. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, that'd be cool. So, but to to stay with the spirit of what I originally was like, so like relive and and this is going to sound stupid, but I would like to go back to 2007 and relive that season. Oh God, you were a glutton for public. (laughs) I'm not not a glutton. Listen, I'm it's not being a glutton. It is recharging my batteries for the fucking arsenal to throw at people. That are bitching about what's going on with Notre Dame football right now. Oh, that's interesting. Like, go, like, if I went, I remember 2007 very vividly. And I remember, like, wanting the season to die. I've never wanted a, even 2016, it wasn't as much as what it was in 07, when I just wanted the season to fucking end. What's what's the most unwatchable game from the 2007 season in your estimation?
1: Uh, most unwatchable. I, I think it's got to um, be USC, right? Uh, their jerseys yeah, are beautiful. It, yeah, the jerseys are beautiful, but the play is horrid, right? Well, you got sharply no, in for no, an okay. Andrew Clawson, right? And no diss to Evan Sharply, but he ain't Jimmy Clawson, right?
2: That Michigan so. game was painful. Penn State was just all of it was. It was all yeah. bad. It was all, it was all, all Michigan. Bad.
1: The just, Michigan game was Michigan terrible. Michigan
2: was just awful. Poor, no, poor yeah. Jimmy. It sucked. You yeah. Know what. Yeah. I'm pretty, you know. Um, I believe it was in 1372, Pope Gregory the Eleventh uh, deemed the flagellants as being a <laughs> <an> heretical group. <laughs> so you are you are under Catholic law by going back to 2007 and just whipping yourself. You are committing heresy, and I'm not going to stand for it.
0: No, no. What is go- What is going on? Is I just. It- it you putting that fire back in your belly. To, to <laughs> That's clap why at, they whip themselves to, to clap back at at people now, like fucking calm down. These, I mean, this four year stretch that Notre Dame has had, and yes, losing in the playoffs is never fun like that. But I mean, come on, man. I'm like, just it's so much better than so many out there. And just look back to what we had thirteen years ago. What was sitting? What we were looking at? And look, and it wasn't like 08 and 09 were were great seasons, right? We had a Hawaii Bowl victory, and then, yeah. a, then a season where you lose the Navy and UConn, and and also, and Weiss sought his way out. There's just bad years.
2: I would argue 2014 was among the worst years, simply for the hot. It, well, it was like brutal. It, was, it was the manic depressive, like, you had the ultimate highs of thinking you bought beat Florida State, and then from Arizona State onward, it was just absolute brutality, the way that they finished that season.
1: Yeah, like, finding new ways to lose, which was, like, really shitty.
0: Finding new yeah. ways to get injured. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not – I wasn't trying to be contrarian with the 07, but it's just like it. – I, I know how that felt live I went to every home game in oh seven. And knowing how all that felt, you know, I still it still feels distant now. And like I know if like if we went through that again, how much would I appreciate, you know, winning every fucking game at home instead of you know only getting Duke <laughs> you know, only like dipping Duke in the butt.
1: So, like so
0: you went to every home game in two thousand seven, is that what you said? Uh, I'm sorry. I I did not go uh, uh, to the Air Force game in 07.
1: So how many of those games did Demetrius Jones stand next to you for?
0: Just uh, just the one. (laughs) And it's still one of the most bizarre, uh, the absolute most bizarre uh, things I've ever been involved in. Honestly. I mean, just it was so ridiculous how all that worked. And you got to think 07 is a time where still not everybody had cell phones. So he didn't even have his own cell phone with him. You know, putting uh, uh, what's her face's phone number on my Alex um, Flanagan's phone number on my. I had Alex Flanagan's phone number for I don't know how long. Uh, just it was incredible. I mean, it was just, it was the strangest, strangest moment. Uh, and I had just started blogging, which, you know, which is a, a bad omen. Uh, you know, started started blogging for a full season in seven. Moved to SB Nation in 2016. We're on a good. Moved to I moved to Hicksville, Ohio uh, on January 1st, 1989. There's some bad shit. There's some some dark clouds circling over uh, big moves that I've made. So, uh, but yeah, Demetrius Jones was was pretty special <laughs> that year. <laughs> uh, shit. All right, moving on to the next question here. Uh this one is from. Echo Peck 7, at least that's how I'm going to pronounce it. Uh, would you rather win the Natty next year and then go the entire decade with five to eight win seasons or have another full decade of seasons just like the previous four? Ten plus wins every year and a playoff appearance every two to three years, but never win the Natty. I was born in 86. I don't remember 88 and only remember the FSU game in 93. My answer is easy. Give me the damn title and I'll sit through 10 years of less than mediocre football. God knows I did it throughout my entire childhood of Bob, Ty and Charlie. I'll do it again to experience the joy of winning the ch- championship. Jude.
1: So I would go with the first choice as
0: well. Um, okay. I, I was worried you were going to, was, I was getting inside your head on this one. when i read it. Okay. So here's my, here's my thought process.
1: Obviously from a fan perspective, fans perspective that's that's great we get to celebrate the jubilation of winning a national championship we can just see one in our adult lifetime which you know i think some, many of us have, have thought maybe this won't happen during our lifetimes we're kind of like cubs fans in that regard um i also think that it's helpful in terms of recruiting i know what he says with the entire next decade being five to eight win seasons so it's obviously something happens after the the national championship that doesn't allow us to capitalize on it but we still won a national championship in in a recruit's lifetime, and we can't say that right now. Recruits like they're they're familiar with Notre Dame being in the playoffs, certainly, but they're not familiar with Notre Dame winning anything of consequence in their lifetime. And so, I think winning a national championship would be uh, would be would be Absolutely. helpful. Yeah, would be helpful uh, in the recruiting, and even even if you had uh, the mediocrity of of a decade. So, I'm gonna go with the first answer.
2: This is the, uh, the Florida State quandary, right? Because this is what Florida State's living now. They won a national title in or Miami, 2013. Too. Well, yeah, or, well, Miami, uh, Miami had a run leading up to it. Um, Florida State just kind of, they were in mediocrity seemingly since the 90s, right? They spent most of the aughts in mediocrity. And then in 2013, Jimbo, they went on Natty. And then after that 2014 sort of fool's gold season, they're about as bad as Texas as far as I mean, they're they're barely a competent football team, uh, especially on that offensive line. And if you're asking me, do I want that? Sure, because doesn't matter. Had sex, right? You, yeah, you. you <laughs> <laughs> you got you got a national championship for the first time since 1988. That damn uh, placard can have a new number on it because it's sat there with all this open space underneath. Eighty-eight, it's fresh paint.
0: Yes, yeah, it's fresh paint. It's a
2: fresh. It's the first fresh paint uh, on on those uh, little placards, and the university would just. Can you imagine how much money they'd get to make selling new ones that had uh, 2021 on there?
0: Oh yeah, it'd be intense. I mean, I—that's I, I, got to be the obvious answer. I mean, you're especially for Notre Dame, right? You're in it to win a national championship, and, and that's it. So that has to be the answer. It's fine. I, we're all, you know, we we're Catholic. We can deal with media. <laughs> we can deal with losses. <laughs> we can deal with the pain and suffering, I suppose. Um, you know, to, I also look forward but, to yeah. you know, sort of sh- shutting up the the haters,
1: you know, a little yeah. bit. Um, you know, you gotta build Brian Kelly a statue if he's the winningest coach yep. in program history and oh, yeah. he's winning yeah, a national yeah. championship. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, you get him that statue. And probably,
2: for sure. probably if the for the scenario to go is Brian Kelly wins a national title, retires, and then they go through a decade of bad coaching hires. Which
1: is a lot of the times what happens. Uh right. And and maybe Jack Swarbrick sees the exits too. You know, yeah. maybe that's oh, yeah. maybe, maybe he, he would, becomes
2: would. a conference commissioner somewhere.
1: Right. Uh, Which could be
2: something that he pivots to. And the other part is, is part two. We've already, we've been living that life for four years now. Right. 17, 18, 19, 20. This is that part two has been our life. We've, we've had this and we've seen sort of the, um, limited highs, uh, that it it gives you. And we're just chasing the dragon.
0: Even though my answer is the same as you got, as same as yours, take the national championship. I, I can, I can, I can see, and I can make the argument for uh, for the other answer there uh, because that because we have been doing that. And look, before Brian Kelly, I, one of my biggest problems with Notre Dame was like this: there was no consistency at all. <clears throat> and you, and you guys know what I'm talking. It's just up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Uh, head coaching moves. <clears throat> this has been. This is Brian Kelly, and it's been a fairly consistent, at least over the last four years, five, you know, five out of the last six, very consistent, um, and that's okay too. That's like a, that's like a really good Iowa program, and those guys have a lot of fun. So I mean, you can still have a, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of fun over that decade of doing that. You know, you're you're still beating USC all the time. You know, so <laughs> so there favorite, there are, there, yeah. So there are some bright spots there. Um uh, but I mean, yes, the obvious answer is you would go get the title. But I I I could I could accept if someone decided like, you know what? No. Uh, I don't want to deal with these kind of, you know, shitty little mediocre seasons. I like the 10 Win seasons. They're they're a lot more, you know, enjoyable overall. So
2: well, then you can be a, Michigan, a, good, a, you, can be a you can be a Bo Schembechler fan then, because that's Bo Schembeckler. Never won a national title. Had just a bunch of. Never won a Rose Bowl. Games. Never won a Rose Bowl. Just a bunch of ten-win seasons. <laughs> oh,
0: I that. guess you get that. You get that one Rose Bowl season to make you a legend.
2: Yeah, but not a leader.
0: <laughs> I mean, if you All think right. about so, it in terms
1: of uh, utilitarianism, if you're going to ten wins every year, um. And you're doing that for five to eight years, that means you get to experience fifty to eighty weekends of of, of happiness as opposed yeah. to twenty five to forty weekends of happiness, right? Yeah, he's so, up a decade yeah, that's here. So that's a that's hundred yeah, wins. Yeah.
0: I mean pick grab a Notre Dame season. Find me a Notre Dame stretch of a hundred wins in a decade.
2: Never. No team except Alabama
0: can do can claim that. So maybe I mean, Oklahoma and uh I mean, Boise State probably did, right? I mean, <laughs> weren't they like 11-1 and 1 yeah. or 12-1 yeah. for like a decade straight? Yeah, I think uh, – Yeah, think Kelly, Kelly
1: Morris was the winningest quarterback or had the most wins for quarterback. I think he maybe still has the record. It's 50-some, right? Because they would win 12, yeah, 13 games every year. Right,
0: right. Yeah, it's not, it's not a bad thing. Again, we, we would just – we would rather have that joyous national championship season because of everything that it means behind it. But – a decade of 10 plus wins. There's a lot of good in that, too. Regardless if you're losing your your playoff game every two to three years, you're still beating Iowa State and LSU and bowl games that aren't playoffs. Right. I mean, Iowa State's a juggernaut, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, everybody's Pete Samson is team.
0: fully back.
1: Pete Sampson is fully back on the Matt Campbell love train. So fucking ridiculous. Just,
0: Absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous they
1: broke things. up in 2019 and they're back together again in
0: 2021. Uh, absolutely ridiculous. All right. Next question here. This one's from Spoonie Man 13. More beneficial to the program long term. Go eleven and one and win a New Year's Six bowl, or go 12 and 0 and go to the playoffs to lose in the semifinals again. Discuss amongst yourselves. Hashtag coffee talk. I didn't do the voice. Discuss amongst yourselves. The peanut is neither a
1: pea nor a nut. Discuss. <laughs> the Civil War was neither civil nor a war. Discuss. Um. So we've talked about this. Uh, I would think ad nauseum on this podcast. Yeah. But let's just to rehash my position. And I've changed my position over the years. I used to be the the first option. Now I am firmly in the camp of the section, second option. I think you need to know what you're up against if you want to compete with the best and so you got to play the best and you got to lose the best and hopefully that can teach you and the longer if we're talking about more beneficial the program long term it's losing to Alabama and saying okay what didn't work what needs to get better is it per, is it personnel is it recruiting is it coaching is it strength and conditioning is it nutrition is it amenities what is it that will get us to where we need to, where we want to be and so i would say 10 times out of 10 take 12 and L go to the playoffs losing the semifinals.
0: Brennan? Uh
2: it's it's a lot like the previous question where um I I just I I want to I'm I'm not going to settle for less than simply because I guess the ending's happier and we saw it this year and and it always plays out in the off seasons when seasons end with an L. Is people start freaking out and get irrational about stuff, and they forget the fact that Notre Dame went to the college football playoff, and there were 164 teams that didn't. And I want to be one of the 164. I want to, like Brian Kelly said, I want to be there. We're gonna get used to being there. And if you keep going, eventually you're gonna win one, right? Theoretically, I mean, you're not gonna be the Buffalo Bills. I mean, well, the Buffalo hey, Bills, well,
0: maybe. maybe. So I guess, I mean, look at, I, I think people are looking at this from the end game standpoint. Um, like, I, I think there, there's a lot of concentration on the end game of, the, of that all the 11 and one and winning your major bowl, the 12 and 0 lose a playoff. But let, let's just look at it from, I don't know, the fucking season that you play. So if you're 12 and 0, what does that mean? You beat every team on your schedule. I mean, just look at 2022 schedule when we get Ohio State and Clemson and USC. I that means you beat all those guys. I'm good with that. I mean, yes, I, I would I want more. I want to play I want a fucking semifinal win. I want a national championship. But if you're telling me right now that I'm guaranteed wins over Ohio State, Clemson, uh, and USC in two thousand and twenty two. Where do I sign?
2: Don't forget about the Jude scoop of cow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. But, but that's the whole problem with, and I think we're going to get into this too, a little bit. I think that's the whole problem with this, with the playoffs is that it's just, it's, there's so much focus from June on about who's the top four that everyone loses sight of what actually happens during a season. And so, you know, when you look up and down your schedule, there's these fucking games here. If you're going to tell me we're going to beat, you know, Ohio State. Look, Alabama's on the schedule in, like, what, 2025? So I think it's 20. Sign me up for beating but, Alabama? Yeah. Is it 20, okay. oh, A&M. A&M in, in 24 and 25. A&M for sure, yeah.
1: Yeah, because yeah. that was the one well, that I Brian mean, Kelly was asked about.
0: The Mai Tais. Yeah, climate. that's right. So, I mean, I, I you just got to do it. I, I, I would. Who's that one loss to, by the way? Because if, if it's the USC, I'm fucking pissed. I don't want to lose the USC ever. That's my fucking trophy. I don't want to lose the fucking Navy. Is that the one loss? Because they shouldn't be on the fucking schedule. So, yeah, it's got to be 12-0. And and one of these days it'll get figured out. And it'll be a sweet, sweet day. And I'll be naked for a month.
2: Uh, That's the here. problem with the hypothetical loss, right? It's like yeah, who's it hypothetical to? hypothetical loss. Who's it to? It, I
0: think naturally sting. most
2: people. I mean, I, it, look ugh, at next year's I mean, schedule. I mean, I mean, Just pull up next year's schedule and pick which team you want Notre Dame in your hypothetical loss to lose to. Do you want Notre Dame to lose to North Carolina next year? No. What about Toledo? Uh, what about Toledo? That's a gut punch. Purdue. All
0: um, right, so let me. You, so I'll I'll interject a question here. How about this? So this this is my question to you two. Uh, which loss is the loss that is least likely to hurt Notre Dame in a playoff run for next season? Florida State.
1: Cincinnati.
2: It's Kirk. Florida State because I watched uh, Ohio State lose to Virginia Tech game one in 2014 and march and win a national title. And I learned from Kirk Herbstreet that uh, losing the first game of the season doesn't count. Nothing. So, nothing. <laughs> it's
0: nothing. Like it's actually like they beat you.
2: Because what, what if they lose to Florida State and then uh, Kelly makes a switch and decides to go with Buckner and Buckner leads them undefeated the rest of the way?
0: can happen yeah so i mean yeah the, so the again the hypothetical one loss is extremely interesting all right next question here marcus freeman and this is from mega zutar marcus freeman from the way too early category what chance do you give Freeman on becoming the next Notre Dame head coach? Assuming he does not, assuming he does well and stays two years, DK retires and turns the program over to Freeman. Kelly has built up the program and done well, but it feels like he has taken about as far as he can. Freeman could be the spark and leadership the entire program needs to bridge the gap to win a title. Thoughts?
1: Sure, well, I, w- I would say that Meg was right when they when he or she wrote from the way too early category. I literally yeah. don't know how you could possibly uh, handicap this at all when we literally People haven't are, seen the man coach this is, at Notre Dame. This is,
0: a, this is actually a bigger conversation than just, just this question right now, and it blows my mind. Well, you know, it's, this it's, is
1: even it's, the, it's a half. it's an off season topic, right? Which is and and no no offense to the question being asked, I I, I think this is the perfect time to ask that question. But um, what chance do I give on Freeman becoming the next Notre Dame hydro coach? I would say right now zero percent. And I would say uh, I would say that that Notre Dame is still has an institutional memory where they don't like the idea of promoting their own uh, defensive coach into the head coaching <laughs> position. Yeah, and I know that wasn't was Jack up, hire. Who was
0: an up and comer? Who was but, a who was a big time up and comer coming from A and M?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I also don't think that BK retires in two years. I don't think I Freeman stays long enough for for. Uh, Kelly to hold out for Kelly to retire. And I think that if you know, Freeman is if Freeman is going to be our next head coach, he needs to go somewhere else and be a head coach first and, and show some success. I just I, I think Notre Dame has two is too high caliber of a program to just to, to turn the reins over to a defensive coordinator who's had, you know, two years in the program. That's just me.
0: Right. They get the they get the shot now that they, they didn't that they didn't take after Holtz. Like you still had the program, the program after Holtz and you didn't, you didn't use it. You just, you just grabbed Davey, but now you can do something with Brian Kelly has made that job infinitely better than than what he found it infinitely better. And it was, was, you know, it only just kept going downhill since Davey took over. Uh, and Brian Kelly was as able to lift it back up to say, you could do some things here. Uh, so, you know, like, so if, if Brian Kelly retired tomorrow and this was 2000 and, you know, in five, make, make up some weird scenario, Does Urban Meyer even call Bob David and say, can I win it? Can I win another name? Hell no. He knows he can win another Dame. You know what I mean? That, that was, that Cheers was right. boy, you know, going to Florida.
2: Here's one thing that I would say that I don't think we're being fair enough to the question asker is you have to look at the two young kind of young guns in college football coaching right now. And I guess he's young, but uh, Ryan Day and Lincoln Riley. And I think the reason why this question is asked is because in the case of Ryan Day, it's not like Ryan Day was a lifer at Ohio State. He was their OC in 2017. And then. Uncle Urban had uh, the the whole scandal come out, and he was the acting hedge coach for those first four games in 2018, and then he took over in 2019. And Lincoln Riley, it's not like Lincoln Riley—Lincoln Riley was a Texas Tech guy. You know, he he played at Texas Tech, he coached at Texas Tech for half a decade, and he was only Oklahoma's OC from 15 and 16, and then Stoops gave him the reins in 2017.
0: And they got handed Corvettes. I mean—
2: well, whoever's taking like, over this Notre Dame job is being handed as good a Corvette as Lincoln Riley got. Mm. Uh, I would love to hear how Oklahoma's talent is yeah, yeah. better than Notre Dame's. Because I don't, I think Notre Dame's in a healthier, certainly okay. defensively. Uh, maybe not offensively, so,
1: but so. You just picked the you just cherry picked the the best two and so let me just go the other way which is the new the new head coach of Tennessee is Josh Heupel right and he is just one year older than uh, Ryan Day is and yeah. I think I think you got similar lineage in terms of the Oklahoma Stoops kind of thing or whatever right and oh yeah he managed he got fired it he, he he managed to take uh, he, he managed to have the Larry Coker esque experience at UCF which is that he had the he had all the things come together in his in the first season, and he slowly deteriorated that program, right? And so it's a real head scratcher that Tennessee now wants him, right? So I just I don't I still don't get the question. I just don't think I think that Notre Dame is a is a top five job right now, and I honestly think that they can swing big, swing for the fences, and really get I think uh, they will a person who is a much higher marquee than, than Marcus Freeman. And, and I'm rooting for Marcus Freeman. I I don't think it's any disrespect to Marcus Freeman to say that Marcus Freeman is not going to be the next head coach. And I'm not saying that Marcus Freeman couldn't be a head coach in the future. I just don't think he's going to be the very next head coach.
0: Exactly. That's my answer. Exactly. That's fair. All right. Next one here from RJ Bruns 17 scheduling. You can swap out two games next year and replace them with anyone you want one P five and one G five or throw the ACC agreement out the window in this exercise. Who would you drop and then pick up to make the schedule tougher and more enjoyable? I really want to see us play this IU team because they're this good. So infrequently, I would really want to take them on when they're trying, when they're firing at all cylinders. G five is easy for me. I would drop Toledo and pick up a road game at Boise. I know it's gimmicky, but I'd kill to see ND on that blue turf. Uh, love the show. Just thought you would, you should know since I can't leave an Apple review, home run in is life. I'll fight anyone <laughs> that says otherwise. Bonus question a chance Drew Brees calls a percentage chance of Drew Brees calling Notre Dame games. So drop 50%. two. Okay. So drop two and pick up two. And I've okay. got to make the schedule
1: harder, right?
2: And I think you have to do a P5 and a G5.
0: Okay. You know, right? he, he said. He said any combination.
1: But oh, okay. I've got to but I've got to make the schedule harder, right? Yeah.
0: Tougher and more and enjoyable. Wow. You know, to be honest wait, wait, with wait, you. Wait, 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 wait. He did say 1P5 and 1G5. Yeah, and throw the ACC agreement out the window in this exercise. Okay. Yeah. Right. So 1P5 one, so one 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 I, th-
1: I think I'm going to target Georgia Tech. Get rid of Georgia Tech. And swap them out as the P five team. And you know, to be honest with you, I really like his picks. I like Indiana, and I've always advocated for Notre Dame to play Boise in the blue turf because I think that would be fun as hell. Um, and so, I, I don't. I guess I don't really have um, a team that I I need them to to play. I've always wanted to see them play Auburn. So I guess. But I, I don't know that I want to put them in this. Well, it certainly make the schedule harder. So I'm not sure Auburn would come play us in, in November instead of Georgia Tech. But if we're get if we're dreaming, then yeah, I'm going to say Auburn, and I'll take Boise State because I think that's fun.
2: You're dropping Navy, right? We're all dropping Navy. Oh God, yes. yes, yeah,
1: okay, yeah. We're all dropping Navy.
2: We're all dropping yeah, Navy. I, okay, I'm just sorry. So I, I thought that uh, was
1: understood. Yeah, I apologize. I'm a
2: I'm I'm. Ditching Purdue because I'm doing a one-for-one one swap with the Big Ten. I'm dropping Purdue, and I'm putting Penn State on the schedule. One, because um, I think it'll help in recruiting, especially in that uh, you know D.C., Maryland, Virginia area who they match up against uh, Penn State with a lot. And Penn State's one of those teams that they used to be kind of a rival. Um, and I'd like to see them on the schedule again. I'd like to beat up Penn. I, I want to beat up Penn uh, Penn State and I believe they got the best of us the last time we played in that aforementioned 2007 game so um, right that's the last time we played them we beat them in six and then they beat us in seven Indeed, so I'd like to get off the schneid with uh, Penn State and I think it'd be fun to to take uh, a team that Notre Dame's played a bunch of times in some memorable games and uh, play them again
1: well if you're talking about memorable games and teams we haven't played for the Big Ten a long time I mean Iowa would be would be great um, the Iowa would be we had some really good games with Iowa in the fifties, but I, I I don't want to trample on your point. I, I I would gladly welcome Penn State back to the schedule.
0: Okay, so all right, all right so this would this is an easy one for me for sure. Uh I'm dropping Florida State and I'm picking up Michigan State. Uh first of all, I didn't target Georgia Tech because Georgia Tech beat Florida State last year, am I right? Uh, But then then you'd want to drop North
2: Carolina because Florida state beat North Carolina. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right.
0: Uh, But I actually think the trajectory for Georgia tech is better than Florida States right now. Just uh, from a, from a stable standpoint. Anyways, I want Michigan state. I want the fucking, I want the megaphone trophy uh, game back on the schedule full time, all the time and start off the season. So it would be kind of a, a Midwest uh, rockabilly Midway throwback going on here. You go Michigan state, Toledo, Purdue, Wisconsin, and Cincinnati. Uh-huh. That means you're fresh. Yeah. getting in October. You're fresh. You're fresh. Um, and then obviously get rid of Navy, but, uh, go ahead and pick up uh, UCF. Cause there's still going to be a, a decent, uh, there's still gonna be a good, um, uh, mid major program. Um, and, it it does more for you to play them and beat them than it does navy it just just does i just think it was too easy I, that's just an easy question
2: i'm surprised yeah, um, i'm surprised nobody wanted to swap in BYU to finally get that return game to Provo uh,
0: that's ju- that's that's <laughs> ju- i mean i guess you could do i mean you could swap you know what that's, you'd give up a you'd give up a home you know game what? Now, i i retract on. i retract i'll do that i'll i'll retract that uh, I'll g- swap out Navy for BYU. Sure. Yeah. So Michigan State for Florida State and uh, Navy for BYU. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Okay. And uh, I mean, Drew Brees is going to be the guy next year, right? Like, wasn't that Tony Dungy? I Tony Dungy? I don't, know. I don't know. I wrote the story when it, when it broke. I just can't remember exactly what what it had said about. Uh, well, it,
1: it is dependent on Drew Brees actually retiring, which I don't believe he's announced he's doing yet, right?
2: Well, he had his kids on the field and he was crying with his wife.
1: I so. I, I get it. I get yeah, it. They I'm they just saying. Cry.
2: Um, yeah, well, I would just say that if if it is Brees, and at the very least, they're gonna put him on, in the Doug Flutie sideline role, the sort of uh, you know. Ash sideline reporter guy. If, if not putting him in the booth, because eventually I'm not sure when Tariko is going to flex into the Sunday night. I don't know how much Al Michaels has left in the tank. Cause I think Torrico did three Sunday night football games this year planned out, including one that didn't, uh, the, the Steelers game on um, uh, what what was it? Um, Thanksgiving that they had to push back uh, the, bills. But, the
0: bills. Yeah. Breeze isn't going to for a, for the play by for the. No, he's not going
2: by, by the play by play. But when they lose to Rico, they'll probably want to flip the whole booth. Um so I, mean, yeah, I,
0: I, I guess if Rico's let's just say so. Rico's back next year and say Drew Brees is available. He and he's on the Notre Dame beat. I could see them keeping Dungy in the booth for one more season. Yeah. And it, putting Brees down on the field just as a kind of like a, a bit of training uh for him. You know what I mean? I but think like,
1: Breeze would be great
0: in the boot, though.
1: I mean, if he, especially if he can. Oh, I, oh, I do too. If he could do I a see. Tony Romo thing, that'd be great.
0: I just don't know that's if that's it what they're hoping to have. Yeah. I just don't think it would be that immediate, or it may not be that immediate. Is what I'm saying. Right. Oh, I mean, I think you know, I, mean, I think Notre Dame football
1: is a great training wheels, though. If you're if you're trying to m- move Breeze into the Collinsworth spot eventually, right? You wanna you wanna get him you wanna get his feet wet by doing the Notre Dame games. I don't know. I, yeah, I you're trying takes, to build a I think he takes Dunphy spot, but I, I know that it wasn't specified. So
0: I'm pretty sure this stuff all comes to uh, to public knowledge sometime in June. I I, I, I want to say be like
2: interested the... to see if they play the blue gold game this year because who knows if they're going to play it. But if they play the blue gold game, do they give him a training wheels exercise where they let him in the booth for that? Yeah, so I mean a couple of things there. I.
0: I almost guarantee if they do spring if I almost guarantee they're gonna ha- they're gonna have a spring game, but with nobody, uh, but but broadcast it because they can they can they have that uh, yeah you know all built in right um uh or maybe not a I don't know, I can see that happening
1: yeah, so yeah you that's interesting like a, stuff do a Paul Burmeister
0: Drew Brees I I can see that yeah I can see that's what I can see I, I like Burmeister. He, I don't, I'm not trying to hate on Tarico. I just, he just doesn't, he doesn't do anything for me
1: yeah. at all. I'm, like, I'm a Gus Johnson is, guy is, anyways. This is Josh's unpopular opinion corner. Yeah, yeah. It, is,
0: it is. And it's fine. I mean, I, I understand that people hate that opinion, but it's mine. It's just who I am. I enjoy a Gus Johnson called game a lot more than Mike Tarico because I don't care about professionalism. I don't care about uh, all <laughs> that. Shit. I don't, I don't, I do not care about that. That is not. If I, it's so many. I mean, now that you know, especially being up in the press box, you know, these years now. You know, this last year was, was home for every home. I was in my house for every home game uh, because of COVID. Uh, you know, I really was bored with Rico. It's boring enough on the rewatch. So yeah, I like the I like the next level over the top. What the fuck is he saying? I mean, mu- I mean Brett Musburger. Uh, was one of my all-time faves because he said some outlandish shit.
2: I mean, he was I, giving you gambling uh, gambling <laughs> tips during the
0: game. Yeah.
2: You I could mean, always I, tell who he had money on.
0: I think professionalism as a play-by-play guy is highly overrated. So give me the excitement. I mean, Gus Johnson's just out there just, Fox sports, just just yelling whatever word mumbo-jumbo comes out of his mouth. I can relate to that. Um, I mean, if, I mean if, that's if a Dom gonna, Shabua tweet. You know if what I'm saying? It's a Tom tweet.
1: If they're going to move the Toledo game to uh, USA Network next year, then that's a perfect time for Drew Brees to get his feet wet. Just sure would. Literally yeah. nobody be watching.
0: Yeah, with that news um, dropping, that's I can mean, I that's tell just you? Don't, tell. Just don't, let him, don't let him do, do the, the Purdue, Purdue game. game. No. Oh God, he'll be on the sideline oh,
2: he, for that, and it's going to be.
0: He, he will not be able to say like, uh, it's a nice day outside three hours before uh, game time," and someone's going to trash him for. Uh, for be, saying something for Purdue, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's gonna be brutal. Uh, and God forbid if that game would be close at all, you know, Oh, but I mean, I, there's a likability I think with Drew Brees yeah. more so than Doug, than Doug Flutie or I, I think that what the most controversial thing about Drew Brees is
1: that he endorses that multi-level uh, marketing scheme. That is, uh, what Avocare, right? Is he
0: an Avocare guy? Oh, mm-hmm. I don't know. If 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 that's the case, I hope he fucking never comes to South Bend. <laughs> all all MLMs should die a horrible, painful death. Um, next question here. Ah, uh, see, he says, offensive coordinator. This is from Sergeant Tim McCarthy. Hey, glad to see you. he's still kicking. Uh Notre Dame recently hired a new defensive coordinator. Do you think Notre Dame should go after an offensive coordinator and reassign? Tommy Rees to quarterback coach. I want to answer this one first. Remember when we remember when we talked about firing Weiss and going to get a coach and Weiss stays on to be offensive coordinator? <laughs> that was stupid. This is that this is as equally as dumb. Tommy Rees can go become a offensive coordinator somewhere else if that if they were to go that right. He's not gonna stick around to be just the – Quarterback coach. They're going to take the devotion. He'll go stay in his position somewhere else then, because he wants to advance in his career. It's just this just isn't logical.
2: I don't think that it's fair at this point to judge Tommy Reese off of a uh, season that was affected by COVID, where he didn't get a spring to work with any of his players. He had a, had a weird limited schedule had a limited in fall the camp. Limited for a weird fall camp. Um, there were stops and starts during the season. I just don't think that it's injuries, your most to, explosive players. Yeah, it's just not fair to, yeah, to top two wide receivers. Um, I don't think it's fair to judge what a Tommy Reese offense is based off of last year. And I think, and look,
0: just this year, just because and the last two feet. losses happened doesn't mean that we didn't enjoy the fucking hell out of their offense like I I know it sucked because of this, the whole, ex, you know, you see what happens with these, uh, elite wide receivers, but we were all still like gushing over Tommy tremble out there, blocking from a fullback position. Yes. And we're lining up with fucking 20 guys in the line of scrimmage, uh, you know, on, on fourth and goal and shit like that. It was still fun as hell from a, th- from a power standpoint. So I, yeah, I don't want You're right, Brendan I don't want to hear a whole lot of nonsense about Tommy. It's, we we saw a nugget of of what the possibility could be.
1: I just I, I you, what you guys said was absolutely correct. He would never take the demotion. Brian Kelly would never put him in that position. And yeah. you know, I think a one year sample size and and like you guys mentioned, a weird year. It just you know, give the kid a break. Like, was there things that we wanted to see improved? Yeah, absolutely. But that's, that's why we have a year two and a year three, you know, if it stagnates and, or it's going backwards, then by all means, let's talk about a new offensive coordinator, but not certainly after year
0: one. Okay. All right. Next question here. This one's from, uh, for our boy, Pat Sullivan, Pat Rick, I have never heard of a gas station wedding. But taking the term at face value and assuming it's a wedding held at a gas station, what gas station would be your choice for a wedding slash reception location and why? Feel free to be as general as choosing a major gas station chain or as specific as one particular location you're fond of. Bonus question, what gas station would Brian Kelly choose to get married at?
2: So I I think we have to off the top. Just can we just say that a Bucky's is not a gas station? Can we just say that? Because <laughs> it's not a gas station any more than a Meijer. Can is you a buy gas, gas there? Sta- wait, wait. Can, is is Kroger yeah. or is Meyer a gas station? Are either of those two stores yes. a gas station? Yes, yes. I I am I'm, I'm
0: gonna get gas from. Kroger I get tomorrow. my gas.
2: I I get my gas from Costco. Do I consider Costco a gas station or is it a store that that sells gas?
0: Yeah. That I, you're getting it from is a gas station, is a station to get gas. Because the answer
2: then is Bucky's. but that just feels right. disingenuous because that's not the spirit of a gas station.
0: Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh whatever the fuck in hell that gas station is in Clarkston, I posted a video of it the other day. That's actually got a reception hall in the fucking basement. Oh my God. It's got a it's got a bowling alley, it's got also it's amazing it's, I think it's over in Clarkson, Michigan, like Allen's or something like that. It was incredible. It looked like a fucking deli. So, I mean, it was, it looked like a, a real, like a, like a, like a toll road rest stop area. Like, but better, like, 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 like way better. Uh, it was incredible. So whatever that is, I mean, that, that'd be the obvious choice. Uh, Bright Kelly, he's getting he's fucking getting married at a Sunoco. <laughs> First you don't of think all, uh,
1: I, I think all gas station weddings should be held at come and go. Um, but uh is does Wall Drugstore have a as have a gas station? Because I would think that'd be kind of fun to get married at. Um, I don't
2: know. Jude, do, do you have I, sheets in do you have sheets in uh New York? We don't have them in New York, we have them in Pennsylvania. So, yeah, Well, that's that's what I like. I love Sheets. They have great yeah. food. Um, they have a nice little food counter. Uh, I mean, there's a whole I mean,
1: Sheets Sheets versus Wawa
2: thing, right? So, yeah, well, with the Wawa subs. And, yeah, love.
0: I mean, Loves is good. I mean, that, I mean, it says love literally. Uh, so I mean, that'd be a good place for a wedding, right? Love. Uh, and yeah. I think most of them have Arby's. It's either Arby's or McDonald's. So If you get a if you get an Arby's Loves, ours has uh, a place. Hungry Howies.
1: Uh, oh even better
0: yeah even better you get that good ass crust um new
1: york is new york has made some real investments and it's um and it's in its rest stops which also have gas um some of those are really nice now and they sell like local products and they've got good views and i don't know it would be the worst thing in the world to get married at one of those i guess if you were looking for a gas station wedding I don't know if I'm understanding the correction. this correction. I've never heard of the term before, so I'm not sure I'm understanding this correctly.
0: The, but the best food, the best food you'll get though, is gonna be at a gas station that looks like there's been a couple of murders. Yeah. Because those are the ones where they're selling the secret food. That's where like that's where you're picking up the tamales and shit like yeah, that. I, they, I, they're just incredible. I went
2: to one of those so like, that's better down in texas and it had the best uh the best catfish the best fried catfish i've ever had and it was like two gas pumps and it looked like yeah it looked like uh, uh the gas station from the movie wrong turn but yeah. man
1: <laughs> the catfish was fantastic
0: Yeah, sign me up all right
1: so that's a uh... I mean, don't you think I don't don't you think Um, Brian Kelly being from Boston would get married to a Sitco, Wouldn't that be a thing?
2: He'd probably get married to the donkeys, though. Being a Boston man.
0: <laughs> uh, next question. Uh, this from is from uh, NDOCD. Is there a youth movement on the coaching staff? Freeman is thirty-five, Mickens is thirty-two, Reese is twenty-eight. Are we going to see new additions to the coaching staff all well below the age of thirty-five? Hopefully. I mean, I guess it just depends on. I, I, yeah, these are I really, just the good guys.
1: I was going to say, I think it just, I think it just depends on who the who they're looking at. I don't, I don't think they're looking at people who are of a certain age. I think they're just <sighs> looking at at people that are. Um, dogs on the recruiting trail, uh, can coach guys up at the, right. up on I the mean, field. It doesn't and hurt.
0: It yeah. doesn't hurt that they're that, that they're that young when it comes to recruiting. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm 42. And I, I, I fully believe that if I was recruiting a high school kid, I could talk to them and understand pretty much everything they were saying and talking about and the th- type of things they're in. Cause I've I'm been mature and foolish. Uh, it, still live <laughs> my life like a, like, like a young 20 year old at times. Uh, and I think that's, but I think that's important. In recruiting the, the relatability of of that recruiter to the recruit. Is that the most important thing? So there is an opening in
2: that. the coaching staff, right? There's an opening in the coaching staff. They have a spot well, from. Carrie they just Chosen. haven't
0: announced Kerry. They haven't announced Kerry Cooks yet. Is what it is. It's gonna be Kerry. Okay. I, I mean, I think. I think. I and
1: Kerry Cooks is in his 40s, right? Um. Yeah.
0: I mean, Harry he's, old, he's older 46. Than being, I, he's 46. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it really has nothing to do with how old Kerry cooks is or isn't.
0: Do you think urban Meyer could do well on a recruiting trail? How old is urban Meyer? Yeah. 60s. Right. Yeah. So it's uh, youth movement. It, <clears throat> there is a youth movement on the staff, but I, d- I don't necessarily think that it's a planned. We got to yeah. 56. These young guys. i mean mac brown's the greatest recruiter of all
2: time according to some publications and he's like 148
1: it's only a week or so until i can dunk on that kid again
0: (laughs) the anniversary Uh, (laughs) all right from jack gray 64 how would you blow up the current playoff national championship deciding system i personally don't mind four teams in a playoff would never have more but hate the committee bring back the objective computers lots of exclamation points I would also eliminate all polling until October preseason and prior seasons shouldn't factor in.
1: So first of all, I want to say that Jack Gray makes some really good points, which is I freaking hate how tenacious um, people who vote in the AP and coaches poll hang out to those preseason polls. When we start to get actual uh, data that suggests that these teams aren't, aren't as good or better than uh, where you originally slotted them. I think if you're going to start Coastal Carolina at 21, and then they're going to go eight and zero, and you're going to slowly move them up, um, that's kind of a shitty deal. And so is hanging, you know, somebody around like number four who's already had a loss in the first or second week, right? And so I hate that. I hate. Uh, uh-huh. So I like. I like the idea. Um, obviously, I know that the polls are our so- talking point for ESPN and the networks, and they're never going to get, uh, you know, never going to get past preseason polls and. So that's not going to happen. Um, I like the idea of a computer solving this because I I do think that people bring their biases in. I, I think that the playoff committee has tried, but you know it's to be honest with you, they're 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 uh, especially with Ohio State this last year. It was just so convoluted the way they were twisting themselves into knots to explain why Cincinnati couldn't be ranked as high as they were. Uh, or they deserve to be in Ohio, but Ohio state with, you know, a whole sample size of five games was, you know, was up there. And obviously, you know, look, Ohio state proved its metal in that game against Clemson. So I don't take anything away. So I, I like the current four teams in a playoff. Um, I, I think right now the way it is, there's just not enough parity that we could, we could expect an upset. So we're just adding games to the schedule. So I would say four games, computers and eliminate all polling. So I basically agree with everything that Jack said.
2: Hey, Jude, quick question. Are the computers that you're using the same ones that gave USC a 97% win expectancy in the 2005 Notre Dame game? Uh
1: Notre uh, that,
0: Dame, the national championship in 2012 after they lost to
1: Alabama. 90, 95%. And I don't know when the Coley matrix comes out. I don't know if that's before, <laughs> after the national championship game. So, um, no, I mean, I, I think that, you know, you had the BCS computers, if I recall correctly, were a mixture of, like Sagarin and um, AP and, you know, a couple of other um, polls and stuff like that. And then there's a little maybe secret sauce thrown in there. Look, they only had a pick two. So there was obviously some disputes about well-deserving third best teams or whatever, when the computers decided and you look, you're still going to have, you're still always going to have those arguments, but at least you don't have some lame ass AD from Iowa or, or Arkansas standing up there trying to bullshit right. his way through the explanation this tortured explanation for why he can't possibly put BYU any higher than he has. You know? What do you know about game control?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> give me the old BCS. What do you BCS? know about every, every week making something else the most important just, thing? Just yeah. give me back the old BCS. That's, that's I, my answer right there. Just Talk give me it. the old BCS. Yes.
2: I don't need four teams nope. anymore. I've seen four teams not. and number three teams won. But all that does is it invalidates the second-ranked team's very good season and then some one-loss teams able to sneak in there and win an Addy. No, give me, give me, give me the one where the computers – how many times did the computers get it wrong? Because I'm pretty sure 2003 with Auburn and then when else was there? Was there another time when the number three team was, like, super deserving? I, I'm fine with the BCS. And then the Bulls matter more because it's, it's just another bowl game. It's not like uh, the pomp and circumstance of a quote-unquote playoff. Give me a BCS.
0: Here's the thing. The, the BCS the BCS still gives you – maybe this is a generational thing. I don't know. The BCS still gives you every bit of strangeness and wild-ass shit uh, that, like, pre-BCS gave you, right? Like, there was just straight polls. But it at least finishes up in an orderly fashion where instead of having the number one, te- number one team in the country playing the number, you know, 15 19. team in the country in the Rose Bowl or some shit like that. You know, at least the, BC- the BCS's only goal was to get the top two teams in the country to play for the national championship. That was per- – I think that w- – we had it so good and we just ruined it. Uh, it- college football was just more fun than. There, the talk was, there was less talk about, uh, there's just, once it went to the playoff, then there's all these segments and talking points all right, for media. Yeah. It's just, it's it really, is, it's boring as shit where so much gets lost from the season, which I can't, if, if you don't hear anything else I say on this podcast ever, I always, 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 always stress the importance of the college football season. And how much that means there is so much going on in the college and during the college football season. It's insane. It's awesome. It's it can be perfect with chaos. I mean, chaos is good in college football. It's not bad. We don't need all this order for, you know, 10 teams or four teams or whatever. Just, you know, have all this chaos and then be like, yeah, these are the top two teams. They go play for the title. That's fine. That's perfect. That's good. I'm good. So.
1: I would say that um, there's a website called bcsknowhow.com which still tracks what the BCS computers would have done and uh, their summation is that 7 years of playoff selections and the BCS computers would have come up with the same four teams for all 7 years that the college football playoff committee did. So you take up a computer.
2: Work. You don't got to pay a computer.
1: Or not. Yeah, yet. exactly. I mean,
0: you and, and we to- can Bullshit and, and, unveiling. You don't have well, to. And the, the you don't have to drag the number three, number fourteen through the mud. Right. Yeah, these and, number three, number four teams have had great seasons, but you drag them through the mud because they can't win a national championship up against the best. It's it's well, it's a the other thing is the it's BCS not just Dame, it's, it's a bogus thing to do uh, to these teams. Like the BCS, like the, like, the, BCS that's the cool. The BCS doesn't have a stake in
1: protecting power five teams. It doesn't have a stake in protecting. Um, you know, ESPN, good matchups for ESPN or anything like that. Like their final rankings for 2020 would have been Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state, Notre Dame, which is of course the same four. Texas A&M at five, but then Cincinnati at six, Indiana at seven, Oklahoma, at eight, Georgia, nine, which would have been the same Florida coastal Carolina, Iowa state at 12. And so you can start to see exactly where um, the BCS and the CFP diverge. And it's always with these teams that get dick get no respect like a Cincinnati a Coastal Carolina and a BYU I'm just yeah. I'm
0: I I'm always more pro fun pro pro chaos fun because honestly what this isn't this isn't saving lives this is <laughs> right this isn't coming up with a vaccine to end a pandemic this is it's college football have some fun with it
2: what's your favorite part of college football it's the bullshit between yeah Saturdays yeah, and the bullshit between Saturdays and every game mattering and the debates about who should be the top two teams at the end of the season's fun, but you know when it's during the season and, and to sort of clap back against Jude's preseason thing. I love preseason polls because it gives me a reason to like get excited about games in September.
1: I know the polls don't mean anything, but when like yeah, but the it, number 14 do don't you is... find it annoying as hell when uh, they, they doggedly hold on to those preseason oh, rankings like no, that? I think that they should, that is, they, sh- they, sh- they should, they should blow the weird. whole thing up and week one should be like, first so of someone all, someone
0: else is going to relate to? I would be, then, I, I, would be comfortable, someone's
1: do it. I would be comfortable with a week one poll that wildly overreacted to week one's uh, results. I, I agree with that. And then, you know, and then for like two or three weeks, it was just utter chaos. Like Tennessee's number one, one week. And they dropped down to like 23. And because they lost, you know what I mean? It's just like, I, that's that's a, that's what I think. Those poll they should be messy the first couple of weeks because we simply don't have enough data. But this whole like, well, I think uh, Ohio State is good, but they don't start their season until October, so I'm just yeah. going to continue to keep them at four. Like
0: that's nonsense. Like fuck that. That's just me. Right. I get it. All right. Uh, moving on here. Uh, let's see here. One year probation? Question mark. Uh, welcome back in Houston Griffith thought you'd never left. They teach students to research and young Griffith did his research and stayed. I follow the limitations placed on ND recruiting. So no need to list all the restrictions regarding coach light and BK's infractions. As for the NCAA rules enforcement, there's a whole ocean out there. Some drowning in a glass of water. There are, a, I said notion. There's a whole ocean out there. Some drowning in a glass of water. The one I didn't understand was one year probation from what? Uh, I'll answer this one, Michael, the archangel, uh, as being as somebody who has been on probation before, uh, you're not prohibited necess- necessarily, you're just on probation. You're on watch. You can't mess up again. There's no, yes, there are, <laughs> there are restrictions for some probations, but that's not <laughs> how this is, which they, well, I mean, which they have, right? They, they, they have their punishments. But you're not on probation from anything. You're just on probation. It's so like they're keeping, again, they're
1: keeping They're keeping it. Yeah. They're keeping a, a more watchful eye on you.
0: Yeah. Right? I, that's in. That's not the first time I've seen that comment uh, floating around the Internet. Like proba- we're on probation from what? Like, no, that's not how that's phrased. It's not from what it's. You're just on it. You get you. You have your warning. And next slip up, uh, you're going to get a bigger punishment. Double secret probation. Double secret. That. Yeah, double secret probation. All right. Uh, we don't need to spend too much time on that. Uh, that's just a definition. Uh, next one from Samuel F. Murray. Uh, predictions on Houston Griffith breakout year. With Houston Griffith coming back, I'm wondering whether we can expect a breakout year. Recently, we saw Asvar Bilal and Tavon Coney. make huge jumps become huge contributors late in their careers. Are there other examples of late bloomers that come to mind? And based on these examples, do you think Griffith has what it takes to make a bilal S jump in productivity or will he get exposed? I'm assuming the ND doesn't pick up any grad transfer safeties and that Griffith secures a starting spot for the first game against FSU. I mean I wouldn't it,
2: rule out I wouldn't rule out another grad transfer
0: safety. I almost have to, right? Well I, I think even with- I think he's just saying I think he's just saying for within this argument. Let's not bring in a grad transfer that didn't happen yet. You know what I mean? Let's not bring, bring that, that name into a conversation yet. Okay. So do yeah, you I, guys I think? So do you guys think Houston Griffith can, ha- will, or you know, can and will have a breakout year? And um, are there other guys besides uh, Asmar and Tavon that that jump to your mind of, as far as uh, breakout years? I know Javon McKinley. I, I was going to say I don't I, know. If, are we I allowed to say guy. offense because Javon McKinley? Would make sense, Tony right? Jones Jr. Um, I think we all jump through hoops every season trying to find the Javon McKinley, the Jonas Gray, the Asmar Bilal. It a lot of times it just it happens without people really mentioning it. Like that—that that was what was so fun about the Javon McKinley thing was nobody but me was picking that. And I wouldn't <laughs> even pick that. I was just saying that he was going to be the leading receiver. I didn't think he'd be as important to the offense as he was.
1: Um, yeah. You, has a, a recurring series called now or never that they've been doing yeah. for years. And it's, it, it's like a bunch of guys like a Houston Griffith. The, and the premise is like, look, it's either got to be this season or it's never going to happen. Right. And so um, most of the time it is never, you know, and I think there's a lot of guys that go through the program that were just like, oh yeah, that was a thing that happened. They didn't really play that much or he played, but it was sparingly in reserve role and Look, Houston Griffith's got a new lease on life. He's, you know, apparently the the coaches that he had clashes with are gone. So, all right, so now the slate's wiped clean, and he's got a chance to impress a whole different group of people. And you know,
0: I'm and it's I'm impressions that. with Houston. He's got to prove it on the field. Sure, and this isn't a guy who every time he stepped on the field was doing good things. That there's a reason why he had clashes with the coaches. Uh, it's because he, there was things that he wasn't doing out in the field. And let's be honest. The biggest reason why a lot of this Houston Griffith conversation comes up is because he was like the second highest rated recruit of that class. You know, if he was middle of the pack to to the, to the lower half, a lot of people wouldn't be talking about it. I mean, people, I've seen people recently, as of this last week, speak of Houston Griffith as freakishly athletic. Really? There is nothing about Houston Griffith that screams to me freakishly athletic. That if that is an overused term, anyways, and it certainly doesn't apply to Griffith. And I'm not saying he's not a, a very athletic football player, but freakishly athletic is mm-hmm. Kyle Hamilton, which he is not. Uh, so yeah, you, ha- you have to put it into to who he is and what he is. You know, can he be? Uh, can can he be a fucking Jalen Elliott this year? That'd be great.
2: Well, I think that's hey, I, I the important that, thing to to point out, because who's the guy who's going to be playing opposite him? And is he one is and is is Kyle Hamilton going to be one of the best safeties in all of college football next year? Yes. If he is, then
1: all I, I do don't want Craig to burn to do down is, my house. So,
2: yes, he absolutely is then all he has to do is play good assignment football and he's going to be put in good positions because he's playing opposite one of the best to be playing football next year. So I think that he as long if he wins, whoever wins that other safety job, I think that they're going to be put in such a good position because they're going to have Kyle opposite them. And if they're great, then it'll only elevate Kyle's game, but I don't know. I just think if you have Kyle Hamilton on the other side of you, I think you'd have to be really bad to be um, noticeably a liability. Right. Or maybe I'm off base.
0: I mean, that's you're not wrong. I wouldn't say, you are not. I don't know. I mean, you you got to be able to play regardless of who's who's who you're playing next to. Uh, maybe that's maybe this is the year for him. And I think that's what everyone's hoping for. Um, but I mean, he's got some work to do because he, he has some footwork issues. He's got, he's got some tackling issues, which you can't yeah, have as a safety. That's player. where you can you get just caught. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Our good friend, Greg, maybe should, uh, do a mock-up of, uh, all of Houston Griffith's great plays, uh, in his first three years in Notre Dame. Look, he started as a nickelback as a yeah,
2: freshman. You might not I mean, get so, beyond the fir- – most of that highlight reel
0: will be from his freshman year. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like the trajectory has been nothing but down since his freshman year. And I know some people – I mean the people are – they bring up a lot of different points. One of them is moving positions. But look, he's moving positions because he's not solidifying one. It's not just because Notre Dame's making him. It's like they're trying to find a spot for him, and he just – he hadn't been able to, to to own any of it yet. Is it, you know, I wish nothing but the best because uh, you know Houston Griffith having a breakout year means means he's doing really well. Notre Dame's doing really well. That means you yeah. got two really good safeties back there. I'm all for that. That's <laughs> so. I just don't know if that's I just don't know if that's going to happen. We'll see. Um. Okay. Moving over to Facebook for a couple questions here. Uh, Derek Hart asks, "Is a 10 win season in the cards this year?" Josh,
1: I think we're already on record going. Aren't you on record saying 12 and 0?
0: 12 yeah. and 0, baby. And I, I, I'm not joking when I say this. It's not. This isn't just some shit I'm going to spout out or feel like I have to be like superly overly objective. I just there's not a game on their schedule that they can't win. There's not the, there's not 2020 Clemson on the schedule. It's, it's a doable schedule. There's three Uh, top
2: 10 teams on there, Josh.
0: (laughs) Were we talking preseason polls again?
2: The uh, Uh, ESPN way too early 2021 uh, preseason poll top
0: 25.
2: Cincinnati. yeah, Yeah. Cincinnati, USC, and North Carolina are all top 10 teams.
0: I mean if you're looking for the breakout player for Notre Dame in in 2021, it's not going to be Houston Griffith. It's going to be fucking Jack Cone. Yeah. I mean honestly, I I think I think Jack Cone is is walking into a really good um really good spot in, in 2021 with Notre Dame with what they have, what they can do. I know we're replacing a lot on the offensive line, but you still have a quite a bit there. And just history itself shows that you can still do it. You know, when Quentin Nelson and, and Mike McClinchy went in the draft, the next year is when we went to the playoffs. So these, these things can work out. Um, you can do it. I just, I mean, I don't see a sure loss on this schedule. Like, I don't, I don't see, you know, Wisconsin tough game at Soldier Field. That's But it's not up in Camp Randall where it should be. Which would be tougher, uh, Florida State on the road to start off with? That that could be tough because you're not sure what Florida State. Florida State's still talented. You don't know who you're getting, uh, but there's still a lot of talent down there. Um, you know, I, Navy. You you had a year off of the option. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't know. You know, USC. Whatever they got to prove it first. You got to beat us, and it's in Notre Dame. So it's you know you're not. It's not out in L.A. It's going to be you know, at at Notre Dame, I just 10 wins. And I think I'd be disappointed. And I think a lot of people will be happy with that. Like some of the, like, Oh, you know, this could be a three, four loss season. I don't believe that 12 and Oh, that that seems legit to me. Uh, 11 wins. Sure. You guys got anything else to add to that?
1: No, I mean, I just, I think that, you know, to. I think that first game will be very instructive in, in telling us what we have. And, and hopefully we get a full spring season and hopefully yeah. we get a whole s- summer camp.
0: Yep. But, you know, the first we'll game, are you going the Pete Sampson route? Well, I mean, at I'm not sure if the Duke game told us a whole lot. <laughs> well,
1: but in, in this case, when you're breaking in a new quarterback who may or may not be the, the reason you go, you get 12 wins or you get eight wins, I would say, yeah, probably it's going to be pretty instructive about how the season's going to go.
0: Okay. Sure. All right. Next one from John Smith. What are all y'all thoughts with the flurry of offers being extended from Freeman? This is a major change in how offers have been extended in the past several years under BK. At least it seems to me as more offers are being extended. I'm curious if it may have something to do with the new transfer portal or a possible increase in available scholarships. Also favorite adult beverage for each, For each of the years, for each season of the year, uh, we all have different differences going depending on the weather. Uh, uh, Real quick, I'll 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 just say this about the offers. I I did mention this uh, in a recruiting article, I think, last week or maybe it was two weeks ago. Notre Dame usually at this time of year is around 80 to 88 offers. I think right now they're up to like 140 something. Uh, I'd have to double check. They've had some more. They've added some more offers. Um, so it is a big difference in what they've done in the past. And like, it's not even close to the like. It's huge, huge difference right now. Um, so <clears throat> there's something going on. I don't know if it has more to do with Freeman than because G- these offers are going out before he got there, um, or if it has something to do with COVID in itself. So yeah, there's 156 offers out. Right now, yeah, <laughs> which I can tell you for a fact is more offers than we've seen in some seasons in the past ten years. And this isn't supposed to be a. Oh no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's I'm looking at the wrong year on the on that One thirty four is how many offers we have out so, right now. It's still very high. It, we're still talking yeah. about fifty offers more than normal. And that's without
2: getting time. getting onto kids' campuses or no visits and that kind of stuff too, which. Um, uh, that would yeah do you think that this has well, something I, to do with uh Kelly's because when Kelly made his top 10 comments um scooped by Carter top uh, 5 oh uh, yeah top 5 comment um you can't really institute what you need that following season right because you haven't had right. the sort of um backlaw you, you haven't put in the leg So this would be a full season removed from that. So when you're talking about top five seasons, this would be the one where you, you're really
0: putting that to the test, right? Right. I I mean, I think so. I, this is what I think is going on with the offer. This is what I truly believe. There's not too many times, like, especially like a, a, a coaching regime, such as Kelly's that has been around uh, one campus for so long, you don't see philosophical changes happen. Like drastic philosophical changes happen very often. Um, when, when you do, they're, they're, they're big ones. This is one of them where I think not only, you know, were you holding back, waiting to see these kids in camps, but there was an academic side to it to make sure you got transcripts and all that. But I think what might be happening is like, they're still having to even guys that they've offered they're still having to say no to academically later on in the, in the cycle. So the best thing to do is to just get yourself fucking involved as early as possible, period. And uh, it go, that goes a long way with these recruits is who was in, who was on you first, who was, you know, when did you get your offer from them? It matters to these guys. You know, some guys like, like a Logan Diggs, who was, who's been – some of these guys are waiting on certain schools to give offers. And so the time frame for them doesn't matter as much. But for a lot of these guys, that does. That That means the interest level, they want to feel – excuse the using the overused cliche phrase, but they want to feel the love, and they want to feel it early. So I think there is that change right there where Notre Dame is now willing to just – it seems to me to get as many offers out – to these guys that they have targeted as possible, to to help them as the cycle moves on, because nobody knows what the hell is going on with the cycle as it is, anyways. I mean, no one has a fucking clue whether you know about official visits, unofficial visits, any of it. So, I, this is this was happening well before Freeman uh, got hired. So I hear what you're
1: saying, and I think that that data is really interesting because um, I think it proves your point josh but i also think that there's something to be said about when a when a new coach comes in we do tend to see this a lot right i think the the most re- famous recent example i can remember is mike sanford uh banging the table for ian book because he had recruited him at boise state like there's guys that they've already looked at right that they've said you know might not be a program fit for for cincinnati but would be a great fit for for notre dame so now they're going back to these guys that they already have established relationships with and saying when they're walking in with the Notre Dame logo on their shirt now and saying, hey, I got an offer for you, you know? So I I think that tends to happen when we get new coaches in. Anyway.
0: Yeah, you, you do. You're right. You do get it, – it's a little bit of a bump. But there's it's such a massive difference between 134 and like 88, for example. Um, I, I'll, I mean, I'll say to, this too. Another number – to me, the,
1: the the most interesting ones are when when Coach Lee is over at Vanderbilt making offers to guys that that he uh, that he offered at Notre Dame or was looking at at Notre Dame. Like to me, that's a, to a little bit more interesting, you know.
0: But right, I'll, I'll say this: like one of, one of the things that I have always tracked too is like offers by state uh, and things of that nature, and we we've talked you know, quite a bit over the years between like Notre Dame's shift from Florida to other, to, you know, more focus on Georgia, more focus on Texas and back into California right now though, Notre Dame's offer list, Texas leads them all with 23 offers with Florida at 10 and second, then Cali at nine, Georgia, eight Jersey, seven Ohio with only six bullshit. Uh, but, Mm -hmm. uh, it's it, that's a bit 23 is a big number for a state that you're not getting. You're really not getting anybody from, you know, the only one they had was David Abiara and he's, you know, not, not going to be in this class, not in that 21 one class. So that's a big number that, that also leads me to believe Kerry cooks is involved a little bit more because I think Texas is one of his areas. I could be wrong on yeah. that, but I think Texas is one of his areas. So that could be, uh, that could say a little something there too as well. I don't know. Uh, but for having Freeman on staff, I would like to see that Ohio number go up a little bit more there. Mr. Marcus. Oh, uh, and as far as dr- drinks go, I, 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 mean, I guess the, the, the seasons make a difference. Uh, kind of, um, I'm not going to drink. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean,
2: I'm know.
0: bourbon year round. I'm a, I'm, I'm just bourbon. Year yeah, I'm, round. bourbon <laughs> I'm bourbon year round. Uh, i am not much of a, I'm not a beer snob. I don't like pick different beers for the d- different nip in the air for the day. Uh, but I mean, I, I, I drink a lot of everything. Uh, so it doesn't really, uh, but I mean, I guess like the holidays come along, you know, I like certain drinks, right? Like Christmas time. uh I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm just going to think like I'm fucking
1: bourbon. Well, I guess what I would say is like, um, I can only get apple cider during a certain amount of time. Right. So if I'm going to do a drink with apple cider, like a apple cider and fireball or whatever, it's gotta be during the fall. Right. I can only get eggnog during a certain amount of time. So if I'm going to do screwball with eggnog, um, you know, it's going to be during December, January. Uh, we do the mint milk in March. Um, and we, you know, we make all sorts of drinks with that, with the with the vodka and um, and just sort of play around with with the, the green, the mint flavored, you know, milk or whatever. And obviously, that only happens in March. And then my my favorite drink, the the cranberry Red Bull and the prickly pear vodka. Like, it really is like so a you
0: get What's that? Can't get it anymore.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. So. That that's sort of like a I just mowed the lawn and I'm looking for something refreshing um, that'll make, you know, that'll, uh you know, hit the taste bud real hard and, um, you know, keep me going for the second half of the day sort of thing. So that's more like a summer drink. I mean, I certainly would drink it year round, but uh, I tend to, you know, want to gravitate towards that. And so now it's mostly like I'm doing hot chocolate with from and. And, you know, sort of like cream liqueurs and stuff like that. So those are kind of like warm me up drinks, Uh, warm your body up, you know, it's cold, your house, you put on a hoodie, it's still not enough, you need something kind of to wrap your hands around, you know, that's where I'm going in the wintertime. And I wouldn't obviously never drink that in the in the summer. So
2: Just drinking a straight but, rum shot on a 95 degree summer yeah.
0: afternoon.
2: <laughs> it's like, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm
1: Will Ferrell drinking milk and, uh, right. Milk was <laughs> yes, a bad, yeah. milk
0: was a bad <laughs> choice. Cause it always is a bad choice. I drink a lot of gin too, but, uh, like a lot. So, but that's a, any time of the year, kind of a, kind of a spirit. I don't know. Um, I mean, it, it changes, right? I mean, you, I might drink like, so like in the summertime you'll drink like a blueberry or a lemon shandy or some shit like that. Right. Uh, like, like Saga Brewery makes a, like make this makes this blueberry lemonade, uh, beer. That's, that's fabulous. And I'll, 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 you know, I'll drive up to Saga and get cases of that. Um, so yeah, I mean, just, I don't know. Sure. I mean, everyone has their different palate changes for the seasons. Uh, I guess it's Top Slam season now, Oberon's
2: in the spring. I mean, in Michigan, we have a lot of seasonal <laughs> beers that there are to drink. Right. Um, but I'd rather just drink a bourbon, if I want to be honest. <laughs> I'd rather just have a neat bourbon.
0: Uh, give me a six-pack of, uh, of Paps and then sit down with just a, a – I mean, just give me a, a Maker's, and, I, and I'm happy. I'm, I'm good to go. All right, uh, Greg Flamma. Flama, uh, <laughs> Flamario. Named Greg. Yeah. Flamario. It's from a guy named Greg, uh, the fourth wheel of this podcast. Uh, which freshman are you three most excited to see? And can Jude and Brendan convince Josh that the answer shouldn't be Audrey Castamay? Follow up question: Why won't Brian Kelly play Kyle on offense so he can fulfill his destiny as the greatest Irish player of all time?
2: So, Jude, have you have you seen this question and have you put any thought behind it? Because I have, and I did.
1: No, go please.
2: Um, so, if we're approaching Josh and his love for Estime, because which he's is essentially which is the a,
0: Greg's dead a running, Greg's dead on
2: there. He's like a fast fullback, right? And and that's just all of the things. He's he's built like a thirty year old weightlifter. Um, but <laughs> what does what does what does Josh love? He loves the state of Ohio. So you have to look at the list and mm. you you, you got to pick. But he's already said that Lorenzo Styles isn't his favorite anymore. Mm. Um, but I think we could make an argument for Josh to get on board and to make Rocco Spindler his favorite football player of this class. Is that something, Josh, you could foresee? Could we make an argument that because the offensive guard is the position.
1: Could you get in the Blake Fisher train?
0: I'm more Rocco than Blake. Okay. Um, So, but yeah, uh, I was definitely a Lorenzo Styles on top before Estime, uh, and then I, I think I watched this. I think I watched like a half hour of Estime's highlights, and I was just like, crown him. It is time. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, you know, Rocco for sure. You know, do you know that Rocco Spindler fell to the seventh ranked guard in the country according to twenty four seven, not the composite, but to their the twenty four seven rankings. That fucking blows my mind um what? but yeah i mean i could i could get on board with with all three of those guys lorenzo rocco uh and Estime. it's i mean look they all have unique names yeah it's class is no charge to that you know not i mean not only do you have to with me not only do you have to worry about on field on the field kind of stuff but also like names how you look out there there's there's all sorts of things prince Kali is another i mean
2: yeah Prince
0: Kali. I mean there's God there's so much Dion Colsey whose mother set up uh, a website for him once so once the NLI stuff drops and he's he got the best hair in the class uh
2: Colsey's got the best hair in the class
0: yeah you toned it can get long Philip Riley's got great uh got he does. Great chance it does too Jaden Thomas has got got the up look going on um I mean, there's there, there's a lot of good stuff going on in this class. That I could attach myself and the things that I, Pat Coogan, uh, uh, he doesn't do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, save—I don't know. I guess I could talk myself. He—he—he's uh, from the same high school that Nick Nick Weisher went uh, Marist. Uh, like this is basically this is basically just a bigger Nick Weisher, which I loved, which I absolutely loved Nick Weisher. So I guess Pat Coogan. Welcome back to the club, buddy. Ron Paulus has got a name that I, I there's a I lot of guys on this. Yeah, I love Joel. Yeah, he got a big bump in the recruiting rankings too this uh, this week. Yeah. There's a lot of guys in this class that I get. T- Mitchell Evans, also from Ohio, monster person. Six, Six seven four. Yeah. Tight end play. He's Gary Got he's re- Gary Gozzi Reborn. <laughs> he's a tight end in high I mean is that an Ohio guy quarterback guy. <laughs>
2: I mean, that, yeah, and he's a tight end, which is there's the just, position that you gravitate towards.
0: It's just there's just so much here. Uh, look, even Jason Anye, And why? Because he's from fucking Rhode Island. He's the best player in his state, which is about <laughs> the size of my county. Yeah. I, I mean, JoJo Johnson, you literally have a guy that you could you could nickname J- Joe Cubed. You know what I mean? I'm a trademark he's that committed. Joe Cubed, by the way. Jo- JoJo,
2: by the way, was committed to Marcus Freeman, and he was very excited at Cincinnati, uh, and he was uh, yes. very excited that Marcus Freeman came to ND.
0: There's a flying a- Hawaiian on here with a, with a yeah. car last name, Kahanukia. I mean, he's from Punahaw, uh which uh, is the same high school as Barack Obama. You might know some other guys named uh, M- 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 Manti Tio-, Tio went to that high school, too. Uh, yeah, so, I mean,
2: ESPN made a documentary that everybody watched recently.
0: And, and that nobody talked about afterwards.
1: <laughs> so, yeah,
2: that,
0: yeah, was, there's, that there's was a real uh,
1: weird thing because I remember them promoting that a while ago. And then I remember like the day before the, the show came out, there was some chatter about it somewhere. But I, I follow a lot of people uh, Notre Dame, uh, that are Notre Dame related on Twitter. And I don't remember one person talking about that that show. And I remember one person saying it was good. It was bad. I actually, I take that I didn't even see the haters saying that. One person said, I watched it. No new information. Not worth your time. So I took them at their word.
0: All right. So last question I think that we have here. uh, And then we can move on to the other two segments that we'll we'll get through quickly. Uh, But this is who will be the break. This is from at Motor City Irish on Twitter.
1: Wait, wait, did we answer Greg's second question about Kyle Hamilton no. in office?
0: Oh no. 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 So let's finish the question. Why won't Braggin? Cuz he is uh too valuable. Too valuable The defense. No. Ones. It's got to be deeper than that. There's there's some kind of conspiracy here there's he something. doesn't want kyle to be bigger
2: than the program and to be bigger than him and if They're kyle okay played this. offense then all of a sudden we're talking about a player transcending the university and actually i don't even think it's kelly i think it's and i don't even think it's schwarbrick i think it's jenkins it's from jenkins, from, it's it's from jenkins.
1: jenkins. Yeah. yeah or maybe the BO, from the BO. board of trustees
2: board of trustees maybe there's a uh uh Hesburgh Association like Family Trust where um I mean they would they would talk about renaming the Hasburg library and putting Kyle Hamilton uh Hamilton library. This is library,
1: very
0: we just, very, he just very monk.
2: Yeah you can't you can't do this. So you have to let his star I mean shine without if it jo- if Joe Biden
1: is willing to put Harriet Tubman on a twenty dollar bill is he willing to put Kyle Hamilton on the ten dollar bill? I mean, it's a Hamilton for Hamilton trade-off, right? Right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't. Dude. And that's why you can't play him on offense because he'll end up on the ten-dollar bill.
0: I and mean, how many point. high? How many Heismans is too many? I mean, I, I think they. I think they feel good at their number right now. I mean, Bino said four, so
1: or
2: kyle kyle did only have one interception last year but i think that's still more interceptions than alexander hamilton had in his entire life
1: well he intercepted that bullet from aaron Burr. He did take that I, was, bullet. I, just... yeah.
2: I don't know if that was an interception
1: sure it was... It was... i think Why that was a chest been... pass it was a it was a rifle shot that was completed <laughs> Actually, probably Revolver, but don't let, don't, let, don't let me spoil
0: it. All right. Your last question here for Motor City Irish. Who will be the breakout player on offense and defense of 2021? And who are the sleepers on offense and defense for 2021? Also, a pizza question. Do you have, to cho- you have to choose one. You just have to. Detroit style or New York style? And I love that he didn't even ask about the shittiest style, Chicago deep dish. Uh, Jude, let's start with you. I don't know that I've ever
1: had Detroit style pizza. What, what am I talking about here? What is Detroit style? It is style? a deep dish pizza,
2: but it's not a deep dish like Chicago. It's just uh, that you cook it in a pan. Um, you know, most of the time it's in a square pan. So you okay. cook it in a square pan that's about two inches high, and it's notorious for having very crispy crust, and then in the center it's uh, soft. So you get this like nice, crispy crust uh, with some like side. caramelized yeah, on the, it caramelizes on the outside. Crust. It is delightful. All
1: right. I don't feel like I can vote on that one because I've never had Detroit, but it, it sounds really interesting. And I would definitely be willing to try it. Um, breakout players. Uh, Got to go with my boy, Kevin Austin. <laughs> 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 um, and uh, I'm going to go Jordan Botello on defense. I <laughs> love watching him. Uh, be an absolute dog in the the workout room, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna say him. What was the other question? Underrated or whatever? What was it? Uh,
0: who are the sleepers? sleepers?
1: Sleepers. Isn't that the same well, as a breakout? How's that different? How's, how's that different from a breakout? I'm I'm very confused.
0: Well, because a break. I mean, nobody's sleeping. I mean, who takes a good um, nap? Who takes a really good solid <laughs> nap?
1: Yeah, uh, offensive
0: of lineman, of right? Of it Gotta be an offensive lineman.
1: Yeah. Of Lyman. yeah. Uh, let's, I don't, I don't know. Quinn Carroll. Uh, I'll just get crazy here. Um, that is crazy. <laughs> um, uh, Alexander
0: Aaronsberger
1: <laughs> or oh, no Riley Mills. Let's do Riley Mills. I don't know.
0: Okay. Okay. Brendan, where, where are you at with all of this here?
1: Uh, well Detroit style deep
2: dish. Um, it's absolutely delightful. Uh, especially at buddies or jets. um, I guess there is a difference between breakout and sleeper because a breakout, I mean, nobody's sleeping, I guess on Kevin Austin, oh, Kevin right? Austin. There you go. Um, yeah. Okay. So I guess n- nobody would be, be sleeping on if Braden Lindsay gets healthy and gets right, having a big season. Um, but I guess for a breakout player, um, I think Philip Riley Is going to be, I think, a lot's going to be asked for Philip Riley because there's some questions about uh, the cornerback position and locking that down. And I think that he showed some things as a freshman that, like I, I, kind of like my logic for, um, uh, you know, Griffin is you have you have Kyle back there, so I think that's going to help put him in some good situations too to make some plays. And then a sleeper. Um, uh, I, you know what, we'll, uh, we'll go a little crazy with the, the, the sleeper and let's just say it's, um, uh, I don't know, man. I can't, I can't really think of anybody uh, off the top of my head who, um, probably someone on the probably offensive like line. Lion. How
0: about like Isaiah Foskey? Uh, he, I, think, that'd be a I breakout. think he could
2: definitely be a breakout. I think, yeah, I think he has a potential. To Nobody's be sleeping a, on Foskey.
0: Okay. Uh, so uh, offense for a uh, sleeper, I, I think could be uh, Lawrence keys. Uh, because I think he's because of, of, of a, of a nothing burger of a season. The ad, um, there, there, Maybe the expectations are there as much now, uh, especially with bringing in freshmen. People want to talk about those guys and and Kevin Austin and Brayden Lindsey coming back from health. But Lawrence Keys was really fucking good as a freshman uh, to be like noticed by everybody. So you know, maybe this is the season he breaks out and ha- makes a, a really big impact offensively. I don't know, but that'd be I think that'd be a solid pick uh, as far as a sleeper is concerned. Maybe Dylan Gibbons. Yeah, on the uh, line. A, up, up on the line. Yeah, um, I, I think uh, I, mean, I really think Rocco Spindler is in a good position to to possibly become a starter as a freshman at guard uh, for another name. I don't know. But uh, Dylan Gives is a guy that's had some experience, um, you know, came in in that, in that game. So uh, you know did well when he was out on the field. So uh, put him there. Defense breakout players. Oh, God. Sure. Let's go. Let's do Houston Griffith because that's the first name that's going to come to mind. <laughs> have have him break out uh, and do something. Uh, sleeper. What about like sleeper. Clarence Guy Lewis? That was, yeah, that's who I No said. He's a starter. He's a starter. I mean, breakout player for Cla- Clarence Lewis, sure, but sleeper. Yeah. I mean, he was a starter. by the No, no,
1: the I, I meant for breakout. I'm sorry. Yeah, I must have missed. Brendan um, picked him. I apologize.
0: I I think, but I but I do think you said a name that could be a sleeper, and I think that's. I, I mean, just, okay. his, his frame, his athleticism, I just, I, I think just his will to do, to, to be dramatic uh, in the States. I think he's, I think uh, he's like an Ogan 2.0, I know,
1: I know. which is like, get him a couple years in the weight room. And all of a sudden he's a, he's impressing dudes at the senior bowl. Right.
0: Yeah. So I think, yeah. So like a sleeper, I think, you know, he could be a guy, he's a guy that, that, you know, we're not going to bring up and uh, those first conversations about uh, the defensive players, but I think he's definitely, he's a guy that that could. So there you go, a sleeper. All right. Thank you for all your questions. Oh, I got to pick up and I'm New York. Uh, I'm New York. That's my favorite type of pizza. So it would definitely be New York over Detroit. Although I do enjoy a good Detroit style pizza. That is no knock on them to, for me to take New York. Um, again, neither one of them are the, our uh, stupid bread bowl uh, pizzas that are uh, Chicago style pizza, which I will which I have just been slandering like a bum uh, all week long because it's awful. All right. So let's let's go through moving on to our next segment. We're going to zip through this shit because uh, we're not going to make this a three hour podcast. We're Or at least we're trying not to um, to the to Notre Dame's. Let's look back at Notre Dame's 2002 recruiting class. You guys, uh, you guys ready for this bit of sexiness? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Now look, this was we did 2000 last time, so you think, oh, you're, why are you skipping 2001? I'm gonna skip around doing this. I'm not just gonna go up. Um, but I did. I pulled out 2002 for one reason, one reason only. This is the first year of the what we call like the rivals recruiting era, the online mm-hmm. recruiting era. 2002 is the first year where we, we had all these recruiting stuff online in front of our faces. Where we were calling Tom Lemming's 900 number or whatever the hell the <laughs> shit that was or 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 just waiting to get to read what Blue and Gold has to say about him in the August issue leading up to the season. So this, this, this class for me is the first Notre Dame recruiting class that I followed as a fan. Like this is the first time I, I remember like tracking in on this stuff. So, which was 2002, internet's not, still not fast, video's still hard to come by, terribly great. It's, it's still comical. Uh, so let's, let's go down the list here. There was only 18 commitments in this class and it ranked uh, 24th overall and, and I'm, all the other classes I'm going to use, uh, I'm going to use the 24-7 composite one, but just for the just for the, uh, the nostalgia, I'm just going to use what Rivals has here, and Rivals have them as the 18th, or as the 24th ranked recruiting class, um, so here we go. Four stars in this class were Anthony Fasano, Rima McKnight, Derek Landry, Brian Matz, Chris Fromm, Scott Raridon, James Benelli, Travis Leetko, Nate Chicatano, Shik- Shik- Marie Stovall, Jamie Ryan, and Big Bob Morton. That's a decent amount of four stars. That's a hefty portion of your recruiting class. That's that's not bad if you're ranked twenty fourth in the country. That's a nice long list of twenty four of four stars. Um, and then the three stars. Uh, let's see here. Jake Carney, Chris Olson, Dan Santucci, Marcus Freeman, the tight end (laughs) from Minnesota, not the linebacker from Ohio who was in the 4 recruiting cycle. So Notre Dame could have had two Marcus Freemans at the same time. Um, And then, yeah, guess what? We got some two stars in this class. We got two of them. Mike Richardson and Jeff Jenkins.
2: Who can forget about Jeff Jenkins? River rat.
0: I remember Jeff Jenkins I think it was him, wasn't it, that, that uh he hurdled a guy on a kickoff return? And everyone thought he was special for a half a half a second, and that was the <laughs> only thing we ever heard of him. Um oh, I think real Sam McGuffey scenario, huh? Hey, Mike Richardson had like a 6 year NFL career I think. Two yeah, Mike guy.
1: Richardson definitely out 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 did his two stars. So.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um let's see. I know for I'm trying to think of who transferred here. Uh Chris Olsen was definitely one that transferred out. Um I think that maybe was it. I know I think Travis Sleeko was one that he, he I made had like it. a special... He made it. No, he made it through. Yeah, he made. He, yeah. In fact, I he played five years in Notre Dame, but he was one that fought through some injuries. I was just gonna say he was one that I like. I always had my eye on. Like I kept waiting for him to to blow up. Nate, <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Shiekhutano played at Temple. Um, oh, this at, as a graduate though, so he he made it too. I mean he he played uh, undergrad in Notre Dame.
2: Everything about this class screams old Notre Dame recruiting class, right? Where if you would never see a geography, geographically speaking, a recruiting <laughs> class that breaks down like this in 2021, right? Four from California, four from Pennsylvania, two from New Jersey, two from Texas, one from Georgia, one from Illinois, one from Iowa, one from Kentucky, one from Michigan, one from Minnesota,
1: that is a very, um, mid aughts, mid aughts,
2: yeah, right?
1: Where's, where's your, no, where's your, where's, where's your Ohio where, where, kids,
2: man. Holy cow. Where's your, uh, well, you weren't allowed to leave the state of Ohio. Um, <laughs> there was no, a locked out.
0: And, and a wall put up, uh, yeah, no, Jim Trestle got everybody, you know, that that's, that's yeah. why Jim Trestle is, is a still guy here. I mean, you're a three, you're a three-star kid. You got the offer over four-star five-star kid in Florida. Just, I mean, it's like always how it worked, but I mean, they he took a lot of Ohio State was loaded up with Ohio uh, in these years. Yeah, there's just it's not a very sexy class at all. I mean, there's granted Maurice Stovall, Rima McKnight. Uh, there's like two of the premier names uh, of this class, Anthony Fasano, um, and this it's as far as like Derek Landry, this, I mean, Landry had a really good career at Notre Dame, but never like they got him listed here as six, three. I don't know if huh. Derek Landry was
1: six, one. Well, uh, 24, seven had him six, two for what it's
0: two. Yeah. Worth, 6-2. So. yeah he, he was pretty short defensive. line. He played for Jacksonville for a while. I know that, um, uh, like the Eagles, right? Well, yeah, he was. I think he was with the Eagles first. Then he, I think he ended with Jacksonville, maybe. Um, Chris Fromm, who was uh, interesting, you know, fairly productive, uh, like his later half of his
1: career. How about Dan Santucci listed as a uh, defensive end? Yeah, that's interesting, yeah. right?
0: Well, uh, Derek Landry was listed as a lineman, offensive lineman.
1: Sounds oh like yeah, I didn't, I didn't even see that. Oh well, actually, on twenty four seven, he's listed as defensive tackle, but that might have been uh, revisionist history. So,
0: yeah, I was that Santucci one stuck out uh, when I was doing the thing about the bit about Chicago. Oh, yeah. So, did you know that like what was that? Two thousand and nineteen was the first year in like forty years Notre didn't get a recruit from the Chicagoland area. Two thousand nineteen. Uh, whatever. I can't remember what which year that was. I let me see here. There was one. I think it was, was twenty nineteen. That Tommy's first year. Was that Tommy's first year?
1: Because they definitely got somebody from Chicago. They got somebody from Tommy's old school, right?
0: Yeah. Well, Riley Mills in and twen and twenty. Oh. Yeah, maybe. Two thousand nine. Yeah, two thousand nineteen was like the first time in like fucking ever Notre Dame didn't get somebody from the Chicagoland area, and I had said, uh, you know, like I was like even being. a... 2015, they got three in Miles Boykin, Michael Dutredway, Treadway, and Trevor Rowland. Um, and Rowland was from Cary, Illinois. Which I, in the article, I was like, I thought I was being fairly liberal, but I had some people say, "No, that's that's fucking Chicago land." Like, okay, that that didn't didn't seem like it to me, but if you want to include it. Unless it's somebody from Kerry, you just supposed to say they're from Chicago. I don't know. Yeah, uh, but
2: uh, the only kid from Illinois in that class was um, Kendall Abdul Rahman, and he basically lived in a St. Louis. just outside St. Louis.
0: Right yeah, in Yeah, yeah. So you still got one from Illinois, uh, and that that year it just it wasn't Chicagoland area. Huh. Um, so yeah, even going so going back as far as this is two, you know 2002, but only one kid from the Chicagoland area. And this is still when Chicago was a little bit decent. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a welcome to internet recruiting. And then this is your recruiting class. <laughs> you know? yeah. I remember Chris Olson had a pretty good spring game. And then uh, he bolted. I think, I think G-Reg was the next year, right? And then they, they transferred out to Miami and to uh, Virginia respectively.
2: Wasn't this a lame duck season though that would have hurt the uh, recruiting? Uh
0: yeah. 2000 and,
2: yeah. So so I mean it, it's not unexpected that this class wasn't particularly good. You just uh fired Bob Davy, and you were bringing it so that hurts your recruiting it and always
0: I, and I do I do remember and this is kind of a, this will come as a shock to some people, but I do remember reading stuff about um Willingham really kicking it in with McKnight and Stovall when he got the job, like
2: trying to keep them.
0: But for some, for some reason, I, when was Willingham announced? Um, he was announced after after Georgia Leary. Yeah. I think it was like
2: December, December
0: 19th. Wasn't, wasn't that when
1: I thought it was. I thought it was like January 1st sort of
0: deal, but maybe not. All right. Then, Then my memory was, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I read something about how he had like dialed in on on McKnight and Stovall to make sure they were still part of the class, because I think they don't Rivals doesn't have them rated here, um, as far as like what their rankings were. I'm pretty sure both those guys topped out the class. Those were the top two rated recruits in the class, I believe, um, at the time. They, uh, for what I can remember, so. I don't know. That's the 2002 Notre Dame recruiting class. There's just a, there's a whole lot that I mean. It's think about when their senior year was. Yeah, it's a good senior year. Yeah, it's a really good senior year. Uh, so yeah, I guess it worked out for everybody involved. <laughs> Yay! Uh, so all right, all right. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know. you guys got anything more to say about this? I just I for a second, I thought there was going to be more discussion here. Uh, there just there really isn't. There's just <laughs> there's not a whole lot. whole lot here. I mean, Mike Richardson's the most interesting thing to me because he's a two star that went on to play uh, quite, you know, quite a bit in the NFL. So
2: George O'Leary was fired December 15th and Ty was hired the 31st.
1: Okay. Yeah, I just remember being at my girlfriend's house and on, on school break. And right around the holiday, so... Watching the press conference. That was just a subtle way of suggesting that I actually had a girlfriend in college. Just for anybody who missed
0: it. I don't think that's the first time you've dropped that on this podcast. No, no. (laughs) All right. All right, so that's that. The last bit of stuff we got tonight uh, is the new thing we're going to start doing here and that's uh, rank everything. So tonight we're looking for some top five rankings and this uh, is going to be about what are the most overrated restaurants in the game? Brendan, let's start with you. Let's start with you tonight. Give me your top five most overrated restaurants. Um. Well, first off
2: uh, the olive garden is trash
0: and I hate it. Um, <laughs>
2: uh, unless you're getting, uh, going there for like a business lunch for salad and breadsticks. Um, it's got terrible pasta. They don't, they don't, they don't salt their pasta noodles. It's, it's a trash establishment. You should feel bad for eating there. Um, I also think that a lot of people like Panera, uh, Panera is trash too. I can make a sandwich better than Panera myself, and I don't have to spend $8. Um, if you were a restaurant and, or a, food service establishment and you're serving me um sandwiches make sure that the bread isn't just like souped up wonder bread okay thanks okay um i also think that most steakhouses are terrible too because once again like a sandwich place i can make my own damn steak probably better than than some stoned uh uh prep cook at a at a lone star steakhouse could um, and I'm, I'm speaking about like chain steakhouses, not like a good steakhouse, but like a Lone Star or a, uh, Texas Roadhouse, uh, they're terrible and overrated, um, I also think uh, McDonald's as an establishment, their menu is the worst of any fast food restaurant. And I don't understand why McDonald's is considered to be a gold standard for fast food or why people swear by McDonald's because if you look at their menu choices, it's almost non-existent and uh, they're bad as well. I think that's four. Is that four things that I, I besmirched? Um, I guess if uh, if I had to pick a fifth one um i don't know chipotle i think they're overrated they're probably the third best of the burrito goes i like moe's and poncheros better as well as Qdoba. so maybe there's a the fourth best chipotle of the uh quick stop burrito places but uh yeah that's my five overrated restaurants and
0: that's a solid list that's a solid list my wife when i asked her what her opinion was Said uh, first words of her mouth were like, she's like Lone Star or Outback. She's like, pick yeah, one. And, which I'm fine with. I, those aren't places I go. I'd rather go to like a, a local like mom and Pa, like good, nice restaurant and get a steak, I guess, than a, than a chain steak place any day. That's well, good. Look. you just,
1: that's good you, just uh, you just listed a lot of places that uh, my family eats at, so that's awesome. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> my, my children love McDonald's. I I understand. I I think your your complaint about McDonald's is completely valid in that every time I look at their menu, I'm like, I don't want to eat anything on this menu. Um, my my kids my love children, McDonald's too. My yeah. my children always <laughs> order the same thing. So what you know? What do they care?
0: Does, hey, as Jude, far as yeah. There is one fast food restaurant in Hicksville. Which one do you think that is? Uh, McDonald's. Exactly. You know what it used to be? The one fast food restaurant we had? Hardee's. Rally's? Oh, Hardee's. Hardee's. And it was fucking amazing. Uh, McDonald's didn't run them out. Just the people just decided they didn't want to have a restaurant there anymore. And so they t- so we had, at one point, Hicksville had, because we have a Subway, too. They had a Hardee's, a Subway, and a McDonald's at the same time. <laughs> They even had a Little Caesars once, so uh, – but, but yeah, McDonald's is trash, and, I would, and everybody knows it. So what's your list here, buddy? So
1: my list is a couple of places I've only been to a couple of times, but I thought were tremendously overrated based on the hype that I've heard from other people have. And I've got to start with In-N-Out because I've been twice, and frankly, I just don't get it. Um, I'm not saying five guys is the end all be all. I'm just saying, and the price was certainly right, but I just, I went in, I had the food, I tried the fries. I didn't get it. I just didn't get it. I don't get, I don't get the hype. I don't know why people salivate over it. Um, I think if they had access to to five guys, they probably wouldn't think in and out. was that great. They probably would just think they're both about the same, which is not a shining endorsement of either one of them, to be honest with you. But uh we do have a five guys near us, so I do eat at it and uh I like it fine. So uh second one is Cheesecake Factory. I literally don't know why every sixteen year old girl wants to have their <laughs> uh, their sweet sixteen party at, at a cheesecake factory. But like literally like a thousand menu items, all like twenty-six thousand calories and uh and it's all bullshit. It's just all it's all bullshit. I don't know, I don't know I don't know how to explain it. I was just like I went and I was just like overwhelmed by the menu because it was just like you're not going to make any of this stuff good. Like it's like when you go to a diner and they have like, you know, they have the, the the staples like a grilled cheese or whatever, but they also have like swordfish and you're just like, I'm in I'm in a podunk town and they've got swordfish on this diner menu. Like, what are they? <laughs> how often are they getting swordfish? You know what I mean? Like, it's a frozen something or other coming out, right? So. Uh, yes, yeah, so those are my two that I like. Really, haven't eaten at a lot, but just sort of don't get don't get the hype. Feel feel like they're totally overrated. Um, my kids love IHOP, and I got to tell you, like IHOP to me is like is how can you put the sh- the sh- the sugariest stickiest shit in between two really doughy pancakes, um, and then make have my kids make a mess with it and actually eat it. And so I ate IHOP. I'm like just I fundamentally only, don't understand why IHOP is a, is a thing that my kids are gravitate towards but they always have some sort of like promotional thing where it's like the Grinch and it's like green pancakes with like all sorts of nonsense all over them and stuff and the kids don't like they don't eat them they just it looks like it looks like bad works of
0: art I don't know yeah. so the only time I ever ate at IHOP is after I got out of the strip club and you're there, you're there, you're there at like two o'clock in the morning, and you're waiting on the strippers to come in so all the fights can start. And that was a, In Fort Wayne, there's a uh, there's a couple of strip clubs down on Coliseum, and there's an IHOP right there. It's across from Clembrook Glen, Mall. So that it just that's what happened you, you leave there, you go there, and you wait for the hookers, hookers and strippers to come in, and then fight. And it's just an amazing, magical place at two, three o'clock in the morning. So
1: my second one is red lobster um or second last one is red lobster I I literally like I I go once probably every 3 or 4 years and I always walk out thinking how the hell did I just pay $60 for two entrees and like uh a drink how much cheddar just, biscuits did you eat yeah, not yeah, enough how? to justify the cost <laughs> so I no I've done that they always pack them away for me but um I, their prices are terribly expensive. Um, there's only like one or two items on the, on the, on the menu even worth trying to eat. Um, and you know, it, it's just, a it, changed seafood. Oof. I, I just, it's not, it's not for me. Uh, I've had a lot of great seafood in my life. In fact, uh, the meal I had, the salmon that I had at Doc's Oyster House in Atlantic City is, remains the best meal I've ever had in my life. And I, it was so good that I went back the very next night and even though it was expensive as hell, bought it all over again just to savor it one more time. Um, but yeah, red, red Lobster, I literally don't get. Um, and number one, and my wife goes to this place after every musical and like drinks with her friends and has appetizers and she thinks it's great and I don't fucking get it. Applebee's, man. I can't stand, I can't stand stand Applebee's. I don't get it. I I think all their menu items are just terrible trash. The burgers are messy. Um, they try to do Mexican. It's just, it's, it's, it's literal, uh, diarrhea on a plate. And, (laughs) and of course they like gussy up the whole place with like local stuff. Like, yeah, like watertown baseball team or whatever. Like they, like they could name any of the, the mascots or any of the local places or whatever. And they're just like, yeah, we're, we're part of you. We're part of the neighborhood. And I just, I hate the whole vibe. I hate Applebee's. I hate, yeah, I don't know why she thinks that's a a place that is worth hanging out at. And if I never step in at Applebee's again, it'll be too soon. So that's my part.
0: Amen to that. Amen. Yeah. That, Another again, another solid list of overrated shitholes. Um, I I'm glad you ended with your number one a, as Applebee's because that gives me a, a chance to just rant. Like basically every chain restaurant is overrated as fuck. Like, for, and this is coming from a guy who's basic as shit. Uh, as far <laughs> as like, I mean, in, in most things in my life, food is a different story. You know, finding the finding the good restaurant in town is usually the one that you never heard of before. And once you find it, like you said with seafood, why would you ever go to Red Lobster and spend that kind of money when there's two or three other seafood places in town, like Fort Wayne, for example? There's Apala's, there's Oyster Bar. I there's just there's some great seafood. Amazingly, you know, in fucking Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, why would you ever go to a Red Lobster? And yeah, I see that. Before pre-COVID, the parking lot there is always full of shit. It's like, I know the Cheddar Bay Biscuits are good, but you can literally buy that shit at the grocery store now. You can buy a box of Cheddar Bay Biscuits. You don't ever have to go into a Red Lobster again, ever. Okay. There's my chain restaurant bullshit, right? All right. So let's start off here with with, with one that uh, just basically any buffet place. Now, the one I have written – I wrote down was the Back 40 Junction Indicator. So if you're you're from northeast Indiana or northwest Ohio at all, you know about the Back 40 Junction Indicator. It's supposed to be amazing. It's supposed to be good, but it's not. You know why? Because it's a fucking buffet place. You're still paying like 25 bucks, and you're – why? All you can eat, but all you're eating is shit. It's all bad. None of it's – Prime rib, that doesn't look like prime rib. What part of that looks like real prime rib? It, it just doesn't. Uh, so I, I have a big problem with buffet places. And look, I'm 6'1, 256 pounds. I lost some weight, guys. Uh, woo-hoo. Yeah, woohoo. Uh, I can eat. I can fucking eat. And even when I was 5'11 and 125 pounds, I could fucking eat. And uh, these are just. These are not. This is, They. They ain't it. They ain't it. Uh, go get yourself something else other than a buffet joint. Uh, number four, Olive Garden. Uh, I am a proud Italian American, and that place does nothing but fucking besmirch the entire the whole race. Boot. It's it, the whole boot and the stone that they're kicking. It's. It's terrible. It's just because you slap marinara sauce on some bullshit doesn't make it Italian food. Whoa. Do you say marinara? That's just chunky ketchup, my man. (laughs) Exactly. 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 Uh, No, I fucking hate Olive Garden. Uh, there's a special place in hell for Fazoli's while we're on it. I can't, I I can't put them in an overrated category because whoever is them, let's go eat in a Fazoli's. Uh, uh, college me
2: at like 11 PM stoned. <laughs> and I wanted to eat seven layer, you know, uh, lasagna you know,
0: instead of, I would rather go home and break out a box of dry fucking pasta <laughs> and eat it than go to Fazoli's. And they got those oh, free breadsticks though, oh, man. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, there's a, no, there's another joint in Fort Wayne to a tie in place that they're just, they're known for their breadsticks, but it's just a fucking couple bowls of pasta. It's a, this ain't Italian, you fucking bastards. Go to Casas, go to the Italian Connection down on Taylor Street. That man is beautiful, singing karaoke to you the whole time. It's the best fucking Italian joint in the city, by far. It's amazing. Uh, okay, where am I at here? Oh, uh, Giordano's. Basically, any restaurant that highlights Chicago style deep dish pizza, which is fucking gutter trash. Look. It's not the fact that it tastes bad because like, look, they're all about the same ingredients for lots of things. It's just the fact of this ain't what you're saying it is. This ain't pizza. This is a fucking casserole. It's a, this is a bread bowl soup. So they're getting my, my, my ranking here, but basically any restaurant that makes that, uh, their, their top dog, uh, number two, five guys, because I literally thought I was going to have to take out a small loan the last time I took, and I, I eat at some fancy ass places. My wife and I would really like to eat well when we go out, and yet spending eighty dollars for us and the kids at a burger joint that really just—they're not that great. I get the same kind of burger at a f- fucking fair. There's a there's a ice cream stand down the road for me. Same burgers. There's, there's nothing special about them, uh, at all. I mean, they're not McDonald's. Is that what you're selling me? Because uh, this, it's not, it's not special. And then lastly, number one, the most overrated restaurant in America, fucking Portillos. Because if, if I gotta spend twenty dollars, if I gotta spend twenty dollars on a fucking hot dog, are you? the hell are we doing here? It's a hot dog. Oh boy. They're Italian shaped. They're they're beef that everyone loves. It's dry as fuck, even with the sauce on it. Even when it's dry, I I don't get it. It's not bad. Like we'll go shopping down. We'll go down to Indy. It's there's a Portillo's right next to the IKEA down there, and that seems to be like well we'll just eat there, and it's fine. But to hear like people like go nuts over it. Nah man. Nah. That that ain't the one to go nuts over. It just it's not. It's it's overrated as hell. It's basic. It's not that not that tasty and it's it, it really it's, it's expensive for what the hell it is. Um just one that almost that almost made the cut of the top 5 but didn't. Well two here. Uh so it's say <laughs> two honorable mentions here. Popeyes as one because no matter how good that you think that Popeye's chicken sandwich is, before those chicken sandwiches came around, it was hit or miss whether you'd ever get anything good for Popeye's like their whole training program. It must be all it's, it was hit or miss. Uh, and then just Burger King, like it, it shouldn't exist and it does. And it's terrible. And that's it. So we only had, we only had what one, Olive Garden was the only one that uh, we doubled up on.
2: Uh, we kind of doubled up on McDonald's. I think we all agree that McDonald's is trash.
0: Okay, okay. So you got thirteen out of a possible fifteen restaurants to stay the fuck away from. <laughs> that's that's. A, I mean, that's really, a it's even more because you that,
2: put you put the entire. I was uh, say, you, oh, yeah. you, you put Gordon's the whole food service.
0: Uh, so I have a I have a long. Well, I have a. It was a bad list. night.
1: It was a bad night for Darden Restaurants, which owns uh, Longhorn Steakhouse, Olive Garden, and Red Lobster.
0: <laughs> but you can get those gift cards from a Dollar General near you. Um, yeah, I mean, basically for me, it's every restaurant that's not a mom kind of a thing or a local kind of a re- restaurant is overrated. It just is. You give me a good local joint, and that blows everything else out of the water. And that includes like like a Ruth's Chris, I always wrote Ruth's Chris down almost just because I've, I've gone to better. I've gone and got great steaks elsewhere for same price or less. It's, it's just, it's expensive and it's overrated. Um, I can't think of the name of it, but it's over in Roanoke, Indiana over by Hunting, uh, T- or Huntington. Um, Oh God, it's, I can't think of the name of it for the life of me. They grow their, they, it's, they're big on YU. They got their own cattle. It's fucking amazing. Uh, they own like half the town. So these, these little markets up there and all that. That's the kind, go there. So if I can think of, I can remember the name. Go there, not Roost Chris. I got to stop. I'll just keep ranting. I'll just start, <laughs> I'll start throwing out local restaurants. Go to Tower End and Ipsy. Or actually don't. I don't even know if they're still open. They still got Tower in over there at Ipsy? I don't think so.
2: <sighs> the only thing that remains from from then is the the brick dick,
0: and they even moved Tio's, my man. Yeah, I know, I know. Old Cheezos she ain't sticking around. Is the is the corner bookstore still Ted's though? I mean, it's been a solid decades since I've even been up in it. I'll, I don't. Know. I'll go with it. Show me the way to go Hope I'm tired and I want to go to bed. <laughs> All right, Jude, I hear you fucking <laughs> doing it back there. We got All right, well, we good did good the dang thing, guys. We, <laughs> did we did it. It's good. Everyone, they got some. I got some good ass content here. Hey, Jude, you should be happy. I, I revived the bookcast this week.
1: Well, I thought I felt like it took a little gentle prodding from somebody who started a completely different book. So, I know. And I, and People, I would like to, lip, would very like nuts. to re- promote my own uh, book cast that is not in cast form. It actually is in the written word form. And that is reading Murray Sperber's uh, seminal history of Notre Dame football called Shakedown the Thunder that came out in 1993. Uh, I hope you have a copy. If you don't, you can get one pretty cheap on eBay or you can buy it through legitimate outlets, including uh, Indiana University Press, where Murray was an associate professor, um, and if you have it and you haven't read it, follow along. Uh, I think I've been really enjoying it, and I've been reading it, Try to read it about 20, 20 pages at a time to give people time to uh, lead their busy lives, but uh, I hope that you, you, uh, you pick up a copy because it's, it's been well worth it so far.
0: Uh, hell yeah. I, I, you, you inspired me to get back on it. <laughs> Brendan, you got w- one last thing to go out with. Uh, hold the line.
1: Invest in stocks. <laughs> Diamond hands. Dime, I'm go- I'm gonna lose my hundred dollars that I invested, or I'm gonna gain hundreds of dollars. I'm buy I'm the in. dip. Buy the <laughs> dip. <laughs> i I'm, I'm I'm taking off like a rocket to Mars.
0: This feels like a. Uh, a- a eleven and one bowl game possible uh, scenario, <laughs> national championship scenario. Anyways, all right, we did the thing. Glad you stuck around. Remember, get over to Apple Podcasts, leave oh, that rating. Leave one more thing. What? Sorry. What? What?
1: Teaser. Damn it. I bought a cameo today. That's all I'm going to say. He's got four days to deliver. It is Notre Dame related, so when we uh, when we get the dang thing, we'll put it out. And I think you guys are going to enjoy it. I, I I amused myself, so I hope I hope it comes out well. There you go.
0: Is this what you, is this what you were talking about earlier? Yes. Okay. I wonder who, not just is listening still on this episode, <laughs> but if that person
1: really listens to this show at all. Oh no 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 no! I, I'm hundred percent sure that I'm not spoiling be anything. Yeah. So yeah. that person does I'm, not listen to to our podcast. I still think it's going to be funny.
0: Oh, I do, too. I'm excited for it. So now that we left everybody hanging, let's just say thank you for cameo. stopping by. Cameos are on sale. Go pick yourself up a Jameer Jones cameo for
1: five bucks. Just saying. <laughs> if you've ever there, wanted Jameer Jones to say anything are we, are we for five
0: dollars. Is there a <laughs> coupon code? Well,
1: Darius Fleming is, like, is, a, is an employee at Cameo. Did you know that? The Darius that works
0: there? Uh, I'm pretty sure that I'm starters, right about I that. This is something I kept thinking that this was one of the ones that one of the Notre Dame guys was in on early on, but maybe that was something else. Maybe oh, that no, was Ace. Th- a- you, yeah,
1: you're yeah. thinking of Mick Asaph's gaming uh, thing, which I yeah. can't remember the name of.
0: No, uh, and then uh, Brandon Wimbush has got something going on too. Mogul. He's yeah. M o g l. He's something. He is. Beautiful smile. Great fashion sense, by the way. Braden Wilbush one of the more fashionable guys we had on the team in the last uh, five years. All right. Can, can I say goodbye now? I'm so sorry. Anybody yes. still listening?
1: Good night, everyone. We love you. Happy Thursday. Good night. Yeah.
0: Go Irish.